Welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We are your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's November 20th, 2022. It's a Sunday. Yeah. And what does that mean? It means we're going to go all around the world for today's and this week's top news stories for you guys. The biggest one that we will not be able to talk about until we come off of Facebook is Brazil and everything that's going on down there. So I want you guys to stay tuned for the latter half of our show where we hit that one hard. There's a lot going on down there and I think you guys are gonna be really excited about that. But what we can talk about is we've got Maloney dropping truth bombs out of Italy. We've got Neil Oliver talking about, um, what was the headline on that one? Uh, the betrayal of Britain. The betrayal of Britain. And we've got Zelensky's dangerous lies all of that and so much more coming up. You guys are not going to want to miss today's show. And we are so glad that you are here. You know, we had snow yesterday. It's winter has finally come here in Ohio, but it really hit Buffalo, New York. Yeah. <laughs> we had some flurries. They had some flurries. Uh, they It's not exactly world news, but it is because they're part of the world. Patriot Geller wanted us to talk about that today. I don't know if we're going to get to it. If we have time, we will show you some pictures of what dumped in Buffalo, New York, these people can't even shovel to get to their cars. No, it's like six to ten feet of snow. It's crazy. It's insanity. You know, it kind of makes you wonder if maybe somebody's hitting that, like, the oops button on the climate control on the snow. It's like, oh, shoot, you bumped that with your elbow, and now New York has, um, you know, cataclysmic amounts of snow. Yeah. All right. Well, when she spoke about Zelensky's dangerous lies, this week uh, a missile, uh, a couple missiles, landed in Poland, and Zelensky immediately came out and i have a video of that i want to show you guys later and said it was russia, russia. and that always russia the world needed to rally behind the ukraine and now poland because poland is a nato country and supposedly if a nato country is hit then that's war on every other nato nation Meaning every NATO nation needs to go to war with Russia. Yeah. Now, Thomas Massey actually uh, went on uh, Tucker Carlson and explained that the NATO treaty does not mean immediate war, <laughs> even if another country is invaded exactly. or attacked. That um, each country has to go to war according to their own constitution. Yeah. And our constitution says that Congress must declare war. Exactly. So Zelensky trying to pull the United States in. Congress Doesn't still work that has way. Not declared war. Uh, <laughs> Just because we are sending you billions of dollars worth of aid and weapons and mm. money does not mean that we have declared that we are fighting with you, Zelensky. Yeah. I don't know what would make you think that. That's true. All right. So there's a, there's some there's some uh, headlines coming out of the UK. UK supermarkets have begun rationing eggs. And the headline is, as bird flu, an inflation ravaged supply. Well, actually, as we showed last week on our show from a free-range egg producer. Yes, we did. And I've got a video for this. He is explaining that he's got 43,000 eggs ready to go to the supermarkets. Yeah. But the supermarkets have raised their prices mm. without paying the farmers any extra money. So it's not the bird flu and they're rationing because the supermarkets don't want to pay the farmers the right amount of money. I want to hear from everybody because we usually get a, a really great world audience on Sundays. So I want to hear from you guys around the world that here in the United States, 
It is very apparent that the the price of inflation that we are paying, mm -hmm. these companies are taking full advantage of that and taking massive profits. It's not just inflation because we just so happen to dump trillions of dollars into our economy when we should not have. These companies are taking advantage of that. They're like, listen, we got to raise our prices like 50%. Let's go 75 and take that extra 25 and put it in our pockets. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's what's happening. Yeah, I've got a video Tell later. Who I get. Is that happening to you guys? I can speak. Yeah. We're, 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 I'm going to show you a video from a farmer kind of laying that out in a minute. Um, Harry and Meghan. Merkel. You know, that that Harry and Meghan. Um, are are to receive uh, the Kennedy Award for fighting structural racism in the royal family. What? Harry and Meghan are to receive a Human Rights Award for fighting structural racism within the royal family from the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Organization for their efforts in causing chaos within the monarchy. <laughs> uh, renegade royals Harry and Meghan are to receive a Human Rights Award with the pair being credited as fighting structural racism within the institution. The announcement has largely been ridiculed online with the former aide to Margaret Thatcher describing the move, move as a disgraceful attack on the British monarchy. According to the announcement on the official RFK Human Rights Organization website, the pair are to receive the Ripple of Hope Award. Wait a minute. Alongside the Bank of America Czar Bra uh, 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 Brian Sozo and, and Volodymyr Zelensky. Um, justifying the war award, the organization's president, Kerry Kennedy, said that both Meghan and Harry lived up to her father, Robert F. Kennedy's belief in racial justice with their actions. They went to the oldest institutions in the UK history and told them what they are doing uh, wrong, that they couldn't have structural racism within the institution, and that they could not maintain a misunderstanding about mental health. They knew that if they did this, there would be consequences, that they would be ostracized, that they would lose their family, their position within this structure, and that people would blame them for it. <laughs> they have done it anyways because they believed that they could not live with themselves, that they did not question this authority. Our friend Chrissy in the chat says, oh, please. I can literally hear you saying that. <laughs> I read your comment. Um, I, and, and earlier, talking about Ukraine, and we're going to get more to that, uh, Bill says, why are we still supporting Ukraine after they lied and Poland is in NATO? Uh, Bill says, Harry looks so lost. You're right. Harry does look so lost there. Uh, Britt Baza says, Harry's brother and sister live less than a half an hour away from me. Oh, sister-in-law. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Our friend Mark, who finally made it to a live chat, says we all know that the Ukraine war is a money laundering scheme. So back to the the royal um, princess and 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 prince here. They act like they are. Well, they don't have those. No, they don't have them anymore. anymore. I'm calling. They're acting like little prince and princesses. They're like they're brats. just they're spoiled. No, they lost their H H and R. How do you say that? H -R -H -S. His royal Highness. They lost. They they they've lost that. But they. This is. Such a, a, a great example of where the world is at. Now, it is two worth... Two different ways of looking at things. Very, two very different... Now, one of us... One way may see Harry and Meghan um, perpetuating racism, and the other one sees them as fighting it. But... Um, I see <clears> uh, the, the perpetuation it, of racism. It is worth noting the difference between this uh, Robert Kennedy organization... And um, the Robert Kennedy Jr. and Robert Kennedy Jr.'s organization, um, they're not the same. Just yeah. want to make that that very clear. It's very confusing. Um, Unfortunately, <clears throat> in the Sweden, uh, the Swedish Parliament uh, has approved a constitutional amendment limiting the freedom of the press. 
The Swedish parliament uh, has approved a constitutional amendment to criminalize foreign espionage and disclosure of secret information, limiting what the press may report on certain subjects. The constitutional amendment seeks to make foreign espionage, aggregated foreign espionage, and disclosure of secret information in internal cooperation criminal offenses and will affect both freedom of expression and freedom of press in Sweden. The new changes could see journalists and others, such as whistleblowers, prosecuted for disclosing secret information that may damage Sweden's relationship with other uh, countries or international organizations. Former Swedish Prime Minister uh, Magdalena Anderson, uh, the leader of the Social Democrats, stated her support for the amendment, saying, It's a gap that we have in our legislation and we need to close. It is about national security. Uh, Mikael Rudzi, senior lecturer in constitutional law at... Uh, Uppsala University, who worked on the bill, claimed that it was unlikely journalists would be prosecuted under the constitutional changes. But Nils uh, Funk, uh, a free speech expert, has warned that any changes to freedom of expression and freedom of the press should be uh, proportionate. There should be some fine surgery in this. It should not be that you introduce a provision that strikes very broadly, but it should be to tackle the problem that you have identified and documented. I do believe this is a, um, a Julian Assange... Oh, absolutely. Amendment. Yeah. Don't we don't want anybody to know what what's going on here. They're really good at that in Turkey. Yeah. Uh speaking of Turkey, actually, Erdogan has uh is the only one kind of calling out the truth saying that America is just perpetuating the war in Ukraine for its own profit. Oh. You know, everyone's oh, a a a, a no. bro clock is is right twice twice a day. A liar can spot a liar. A kidder can spot a kidder. <laughs> That's exactly right. A kidder can spot a kidder. Don't kid a kidder. I know what you're playing. A game. A gamer can spot a gamer. All right, we've got uh, Claude Mir from Brazil. So glad that you're here. We are praying for you guys down there in, in Brazil. Um, Chrissy says it's the biggest money laundering scam in history. I think that's back to um, uh, Harry. And uh, legal suppression. Go figure. It's a proxy war. It's absolutely a proxy war. Yeah, if you have some uh, information on the ground from Brazil, go ahead and drop it in the chat there. Uh, we're going to really cover it after Facebook because Facebook doesn't allow us to really talk about fraud and things like that. <clears throat> so uh, you'll have to join us on other um, platforms, but so go ahead and leave it in the chat. We do have somebody from Sweden who joins us every time we go live. Philip, so glad that you're here. says, Sweden is DDR 2.0. The truth is dangerous to the regime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we have we have some good um, Europeans over here. Hungary, Austria, Serbia have agreed to a new deal to stem illegal migration. All right, so they are going to coordinate to stop the illegal migra uh, migrant flows on the Balkan route, with Serbia deploying more police along its southern border and Austria providing reinforcements. The three countries came to an agreement this week with Serbia's president, Alexander uh, uh, Vukic, Vuk, <laughs> uh, <laughs> announcing he signed a deal alongside uh, Orban and uh, Neymar, ne Nehamar, Nehamar, um, and Austria. Knee hammer, man. It's knee hammer. Hammer. Knee hammer. Knee hammer. Uh, that will boost the uh, number of police on Serbia's southern border. Chancellor Niehammer also stated that Austria would provide a hundred police op uh, officers to help Serbia patrol its border, and that the border forces would be equipped with various forms of surveillance gear, including drones, thermal vision cameras, and vehicles. The European Union-funded website InfoMigrants reports Prime Minister Orban, meanwhile, said that Hungary had prevented at least 250,000 attempts to cross its border with Serbia illegally just this year alone. That's huge, by the way. Revealing that armed smugglers were organizing along the border with Serbia in a situation labeled difficult. 
uh, you got Vukic of Serbia added that his country would be um, scrapping visa-free travel for nationals from Tanzania and uh, Burundi, uh, a move that has uh, been urged by the European Union to tackle the number of migrants uh, using visa-free access to enter the Balkan country, which, unlike Austria and Hungary, is not an EU member state, and then try to cross into the EU to claim asylum. So far this year, the number of migrants who have traveled along the Balkan route to enter the EU illegally has increased by 1,689% compared to the first 10 months of 2021. Whatever. It's huge numbers. With the EU border agency Frontex reporting over 22,300 illegal border crossings detections in October alone. Holy cow. So far this year, the Western Balkan region has registered the highest number of detections since the peak of the migrant crisis in 2015. The high number of crossings can be attributed to repeated attempts to cross the border by migrants already present in the Western Balkans. Um, so I'm happy for these nations to, to stem the tide. But here's the thing. This is like the water coming in, the water's rushing in, and you're building a dam. But somewhere upstream, somebody has released a dam. Oh, dear. That's flooding you. And so you could go and build <laughs> the dam upstream, okay, and stop the water from coming your direction in the first place. And nobody has spoken the truth like this in the in the EU ever uh, as a world leader than Georgia Maloney. She is fire. She, in 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 over just over one minute, she has explained how to solve the migrant crisis. But what would happen, and I've got another video showing you um, the gold reserves in every country and why that matters. You see, um, we did a two-episode, I believe it was a two-episode expose on why Africans, specifically Africans, not Middle Eastern, um, specifically African. Well, guys, we did a little bit of the Middle Eastern. As, as the United States goes into Iraq, totally destroys their country, then Iraqis are... are um, actually, Christians were more free under Saddam Hussein than they are right now. And, um, and that's just the truth. Or they were safer. Let's put it that way. They were safer. Uh, now you still got, now you just got a bunch of war, warring war criminals running a nation and persecuting Christians and people and chopping heads off and arms off and all that stupid stuff. Sounds lovely. Sounds quite lovely. Right. Um, we did an extra day and I would say the, um, reaction we got was very mixed some of you were in disbelief, some of you were shocked, and some of you were or downright upset that we were covering the human side of this migrant crisis, showing that Europe and China, but specifically covering Europe, because Europe knows better, China's a CCP communist, right? Europe paints itself as democracy. They have done many, there, there are, there's like a German company They've got a copper mine in one uh, African nation, uh, and it's run by elitist white supremacists, okay? And then uh, there, are, there are cobalt mines. There are all of these mines that are either there. Um, you're okay. Are you okay? Knocked over, a dog knocked over some boxes. So there are, <laughs> Africa is rich with incredible natural resources. There is no reason why Africa shouldn't be just a booming economy that it, we, they shouldn't have, um, you know, plumbing and housing 
and and not have you know just, just these shacks built hold, with tin hold roofs. your train of thought right there because i just want to establish i want to get to the punchline so that as they're listening they understand this we have a butterfly effect everybody understands what it is you kill the butterfly and then the butterfly was going to do this that and the other and the next the next thing you know we've got nuclear war because somebody stepped on a butterfly if you, for half a second, look at what has happened in Africa and all you see are the migrants are coming and that makes them evil without going back and saying not only who stepped on the butterfly, but who went in there with like absolute cranes and bazookas and whatever to ruin what, what has happened to the Africans to cause them to want to leave and flee, right? The same thing. No one is doing that in South America when it comes to the migrant crisis that we have here. Okay, you have to go back because and here's why there's a problem, because if you don't do that, then you're not going to be putting the blame where it properly lies. And that's on China. And then here it's on um, on NAFTA. Right. So there are there are a lot of evil people that should be held responsible. But if you, but if you don't want to look at the humane side of why these people are fleeing their countries, then you will never get to blaming the real criminal involved. And that's what Leah's getting at here. I just wanted to lay that foundation so you understand why Leah's saying what she's saying. OK, well, then just play Georgia Maloney's clip, because then we can expand upon that. OK, because um, when I say it, sometimes you guys don't believe me, um, but. Uh, Emmanuel Macron picked a fight with Georgia Maloney and she came back and she hit hard and said, you know, France doesn't actually have any gold mines. Boom. They get all their, their gold mm -hmm. by exploiting Africa in a, mm -hmm. as a, as a, as a colonial. So all these woke people talking about colonialism, they are literally saying, oh, I hate thieves. I hate thieves. I hate thieves. And they're actually thieves. Okay, this is how the left works. Come on. They accuse somebody else of doing what they're doing, and then they'll go backwards in history. Oh, well, they used to be colonization, and we've got white supremacy. We have white supremacy and colonization happening right now, uh -oh. and Macron is part of it, and she's hit back hard. Questo. What no, is this? We're going to... We're going to read the subtitles, Aaliyah. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, but you need to hear her. I know you need to hear her inflection. Do you want... How about we just let people read them? You guys, okay. if, you're, if you're doing the dishes, you're going to have to stop and watch. Franco CFA. Turn it over. È la moneta coloniale che la Francia stampa per 14 nazioni africane alla quale applica, alle quali applica il signoraggio e in forza delle quali sfrutta le risorse di questa nazione. Questo... Questo è un bambino che lavora in una miniera d'oro in Burkina Faso. Il Burkina Faso è una delle nazioni più povere del mondo. Per il Burkina Faso che ha l'oro, la Francia stampa moneta coloniale. In cambio pretende che finiscano nelle casse del tesoro francese il 50% di tutto quello che il Burkina Faso esporta. L'oro che questo bambino si infila in un cunicolo per tirare fuori finisce per lo più nelle casse dello Stato francese. Allora la soluzione non è prendere gli africani e spostarli in Europa, la soluzione è liberare l'Africa da certi europei che la sfruttano e consentire a queste persone di vivere di quello che hanno. I have goosebumps literally on my face and that's the like sixth time so I've seen it. So for our podcasters, let me tell you what she said. She said she held up a piece of uh, paper and we she can, said this is a uh, this is a French franc, okay? Uh, this is called, okay, go ahead and make it big and we'll just kind of go over it. Okay. Uh, it is the colonial currency that France prints for 14 African nations. 
14 African nations to which it applies a seniorage, uh, seniorage and by virtue of which it exploits the resources of these nations. And then she holds up a picture of a child in a gold mine. So this is a child who works in a gold mine in Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso is one of the poorest nations in the world. France prints colonial money for Burkina Faso, which has gold. In return, they demand how much, Michelle? 50%. How much is that? 50%. How much is that? Half of everything that Burkina Faso exports and ends up in the coffers of where, Michelle? The French treasury. The gold of this child goes down a tunnel to extract. Mostly ends up where, Michelle? In the coffers of the French state. So the solution, Michelle, is to what? Not take the Africans and bring them to Europe. <laughs> the solution is to free Africa from certain Europeans who would exploit it and allow these people to live off of what they have. Boom. Boom, mic drum. Holy moly. Holy moloney. <laughs> ah, that, did you see what I did there? I did see what you did there. Holy moloney. <laughs> this is legitimately um, one of the most important... Uh, oh, I just love that statement. Now, I honestly... And, and guys, I'm trying to watch my uh, enthusiasm of world leaders because there's there are certain aspects about Georgia Maloney I don't trust. Um, she's all for the Ukraine war. But loved her on this, right? So, so good. Georgia Maloney. Very well said. Yeah, and it's not even just who she is. I put her aside. I have been screaming from what it seems like the rooftops of no one listening I have been saying that, so I know. And I've been if, saying it, Ernie. If the, if if now she has said it, and now you guys finally understand, I would. Ex I I will. I'm accepting apologies. Now. <laughs> I, and I don't even need an apology. If I could just get a you or you were right, that would go a long way. Okay, Leah, I'll give it to you, even though I agreed with you at the time. You already agreed you with me right. at the time. You were right. You were right, dear Leah. You were right. I've been right because here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Okay, I kept. I, here's the thing about resistance chicks and white. You all, you all, hopefully come to us for 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 a multitude of reasons. Yes, but one of those reasons I hope you come to us for is not for us to rail against the problem, but to find effective solutions. And the way you stop if if dead bodies are coming down the river, and you're like, oh, well, we got to bury these bodies, and you don't go up river or and find out what's causing that them. Been, they're not all dead. Okay. The, the, no, the, the just, analogy is injured people okay. are in the river and they've been there and nobody's going back upstream to find out why they're falling in. Yeah. Why are they falling in the river? Why was it just literally Angela Merkel calling them in? Is it just because they want to take over uh, Europe or is it because, you know, one of the things we covered was there, you know, and forgive me because there's a lot of African nations and I forget which one we were covered at the time. But there was one African nation that had a, a, a wonderful uh, a tomato oh, yeah. um, business in the whole nation that farmers could grow tomatoes and make a good amount of money on these tomatoes. Okay, well, then what happens? China comes in China. with these canned tomatoes that are cheaper than the fresh tomatoes and, and, and icky weird stuff. Packed in those cans, You're making me yucky. Okay, right now, and then, but people are, and I don't blame people. I do it too. Ten cents cheaper doesn't mm -hmm. even matter. Yeah, doesn't even matter. Two cents cheaper go yeah. for it. It's like it's a mental thing, right? So we also covered that even actually in, um, even in Italy they were doing this with the tomatoes. Okay, um, 
but there, I forget which nation it was, whether it was the Netherlands. I believe it was Netherlands, I'm not sure, but it was grain. So Africa, in order to produce grain, doesn't have, a lot of Africans don't have these big giant combines, right? <clears throat> but they can still grow grain and harvest it and sell it. Right. Okay, so you've got these micro um, uh, economic um, centers. centers, and you bring in these giant bags of wheat or flour, already milled flour, which isn't as, as healthy, and you're bringing it in, and then the, the low, and, and so this, the whole thing that we were covering was how, uh, how Europe and specifically the European Union and China were undercutting local economies with products by selling them just pennies cheaper. Yeah. And then people who were, were actually able to make a living, but they were making a living on actually real, real work, like growing grain or growing tomatoes. And this is exactly what happened in South America when it came to the corn and the multitude of varieties that they were growing. And then we flood with GMO corn. Cheap and GMO corn that's down uh, maybe from $8 a bag. To six, and people are going to buy the six, and then corn uh, growers literally so, go out of so business. So back to my butterfly effect. We've got the 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 principle of that, which I'm not sure that it's ever actually happened. That's kind of a silly analogy, but whatever. Somebody steps on a butterfly, and then massive ramifications happen as a result. If you this is a complete e explosion of that when you are flooding markets, and you don't need to because you're the big hungry state the, the big country that does yeah. not need to be doing this you're just greedy mm -hmm. and then we don't call it out guys if you are going to say build that wall here or in in europe stop the migrants from coming in why don't you focus on fixing the actual problem instead of the symptom which is the migrants flooding in or else you're going to wear yourself out and and into an early grave trying to stop this you won't fix it. You won't fix it. You have to make Africa great again. Yes, mega. Okay. <laughs> make and, Africa great again. And in doing it, all you really need to do is get out. Boom. Right? Just get out. And I have a video here of gold reserves by the country and freight cars and tons. And I, I feel like this kind of goes with it because you're going to see France here. France has no gold mines. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to play this here uh, for yeah, you guys. Spinning. Let's refresh here. Wait, try again. Here we go. And these are not audited, so when you see America's, um, it doesn't mean that they've... Is there any noise or no? No, there's no there's no audio. Okay. Pakistan, Denmark. So these are in freight cars. So Sweden has like two freight cars worth, which is 128 tons. Brazil's had about two freight cars. Belgium, about three. Poland, about three. Austria, four. Spain, four. Great Britain, five. Saudi Arabia, Five. Portugal has a lot. Turkey, you're looking at six there. Taiwan, six. You can read the tons, like uh, Netherlands, 613 tons. I like uh, the India, image. 711 tons. And Switzerland then Switzerland has a ton. China, here we go. 28 freight cars worth. Uh, Hang on, wait, whoa. And then it, Russia's got a ton, ton, a ton. A ton of tons. 33 but, freight cars worth. Which is 2,000. Now, France is really hitting it. Italy's hitting it. Germany, I had no idea Germany was in it for 48 freight cars worth. And then the United States, here we come. 
Whoa, 116 freight cars worth. So, um, number one, I really wanted to show you that um, America says that we have a lot of gold reserves, but it's not audited. And number two, France does not have any gold mines. So, all these nations that don't have gold mines, gold mines, they are exploiting other nations. Uh oh. And so you see that Europe, I believe, especially, uh, you know, the European. Where are they getting countries. all this gold, Leah? From nations that nations. are rich in it, and that's not their own. So, um, I think, let me see. I think it's, it's a really good graphic that they did. Let me make sure I got this right because I think it is. Yeah. All right. Soccer. I want to make sure I got this right. Let so, me get to some comments okay. just so we don't miss any here. Um, Mark says the problem with sub uh, Saharan Africa is that the average IQ is 66, which is below the level of mental retardation. It's sad, but true. Here's the problem with your statement there, Mark, and you know that I love you. The IQ test is based on Western society, and so it's actually not a measure of intelligence or mental retardation. It's, it is not, the IQ test is bogus at best. Um, that was, I think Stefan Molyneux kind of went around and explained, and trying to use these numbers I don't uh, think you can apply them. If, you, if you're looking at actual mental capacity and ability, I, all humans are the same. And we found this. That's kind of a Darwinian statement. And it's just, it's patently not true. It's patently false. So when we look at these nations, they seem that way because they are ignorant of the Western ways. And we judge intelligence based on that. But it, it was very clear as soon as... Um, Africans got education, they actually excelled, massively excelled the average citizen once they had had their education. And so I, it's not a mental retardation thing. The IQ test does not actual, e actually equal mental capacity. It's it's a really bad test. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I, when you see uh, Africans who are, are given a Christian upbringing and a Christian education, um, so you're, if you're coming out of um a third world nation yeah and you're coming out of a society like you know even china has had um a education for thousands of years mm -hmm. whereas africa has not had a badison and but here's the thing when you say africa egypt is part of africa right okay and so you've got it's it you can't it, it, you're painting such a wide brush what you're saying is people who have grown up in a third world type of atmosphere without the gospel mm -hmm. without the lord god illuminating your mind you're going to go back to, to ne neanderthal living just like historically you know i'm sure pagan cultures have always lived in a kind of a neanderthal way so when you're when you're talking about nations you're talking about countries it's way more nuanced than that and it has more to do with um your nurture rather than your nature yeah that's really good okay so uh woke fifa boss says and here's here's what people need to understand you probably i'm i am i guarantee you i guarantee stinking to you that people in medieval england and medieval france like peasants. and medieval germany had an IQ of zero. Right. Okay. This is so it's it's with the expansion of the word of God mm -hmm. getting into the minds of, of men and women and allowing 
the education and the arts to expand. These woke elites are actually benefiting from the knowledge and the wisdom that comes with Christianity. Remember, when uh, St. Patrick went to Ireland, he was facing barbarians, total barbarians, pagans, right? And then as, as the gospel, as the word of God begins to change your mind, he illuminates your mind and makes you intelligent. But guess what? That intelligent can be spread. Once one person has it, they can share that information with somebody else and then they can learn it and they share it with somebody else and evil people can use it wrongfully as well. Exactly. All right. So woke FIFA boss, he's the, he is the, uh, the boss of the, uh, soccer. So we're going to say soccer, even though it's football and there's a world cup happening right now and it's a big deal around the world. And so we're going to talk about it a little bit. So, um, it, are we going to refer to it as football or soccer for the segment? Both. Um, for, so we're going to interpret it. Okay, because uh, American... we're Americans, and it, I cannot say football and, and think football. But this is hilarious. Just saying. So you've got this, um, the, the president of the, how do you say it? It's the, uh, what does FIFA actually stand for? I have no idea. Uh, it get, Foot, it, I bet it, I bet it's football something. Football, international football. Put it in the chat. All right. You guys know. So, we, so we're stepping into territory we're unfamiliar with here because we do not follow football, a.k.a. soccer at all. We follow other sports very, very minimally, but like literal, it would be the lowest. Maybe curling would be above football for us. Well, but the leader, soccer. and this is something that we would follow, uh, the leader of the, the FIFA of organization has said that the West <laughs> needs to apologize for its history of 3,000 years of um, before taking aim at the continuing human rights abuses, including modern slavery seen in the Islamist kingdom of Qatar. Now, I do know this, uh, that the International Federation of a Social... Uh, why wasn't it I-FIFA? The I is backwards. It should be I-FIFA. It's... Yeah. Wait. Yeah, I it, that is unfortunate. It should be Federation it International, International Federation of Association Association. Football. That's yeah. that's backwards. It is dumb. It's I'm gonna, dumb. I'm calling it here today. It's dumb. Dumb. Okay. So, anyways, uh, this guy speaking from uh, Don't Doa, Gianna Infantino, the president of the governing body for the International Football Soccer, accused <laughs> people in uh, Western nations of hypocrisy for highlighting the human rights record of the Sharia-governed uh, country. So the, the World Cup is taking place in Qatar, okay? They're under Sharia law, and so he has come out as, as this woke apologist for Sharia, which is hilarious to me because if, if a, a group of people are doing bad things right now and people two or 300 years ago did bad things, you got to look to those people who did bad things two or 300 years ago before you call out the ones doing things right now. So if somebody breaks into your home, you, uh-uh-uh, you don't get to call out people breaking into your home and stealing your stuff, okay? Because somebody somewhere in the past, they did things, and until we talk about what other people did like two or 300 years ago, we ain't talking about your house being broken into. That's really good. Okay, it's so stupid. All right, so... um. He says, we have been taught many lessons from Europeans in the Western world. I am European. This is, this is a guy making a ton of money. 
This is why you gotta do this. Okay. Uh, for what we have been doing for 3,000 years around the world, we should be apologizing for the next 3,000 years before giving moral lessons. So if somebody's raped or murdered, because people in the past have raped and murdered, you don't get to give a moral lesson on those rapists and murderers. Uh-oh. Mm-mm. 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 This one-sided moral lesson is just hypocrisy. Now, this only works when one, if you've got two Qatars. And one Qatar is doing things nasty, and the other Qatar doing things nasty, and one Qatar be calling out the other guy right now. Okay? I wonder why no one recognizes the progress made here since 2016. If Europe really cares about the destiny of, they, of these people, they can create legal channels like Qatar did, where a number of these migrant workers can come to Europe to work. That's the, give them some future and some hope because the only way the whole world can have future and hope is everybody moves to Europe. This is so stupid. Infantino, which is probably a very good name for him. In, he's, he's an infant in his mind. Whose family immigrated to Switzerland from Italy prior to his birth added, of course I'm not Qatari, Arab, African, gay, disabled, or a migrant worker, but I feel like them. Go ahead and play it. No, no. Oh, are we going to, we're going to listen a video. to what he has to say? Yeah, this is hilarious. Uh, this, I'm, we are told many, many lessons mm. from some Europeans from the Western world. I'm European. Actually, I am European. Really? Not just I feel European. I think for what we Europeans have been doing in the last 3,000 years around the world, we should be apologizing for the next 3,000 years. Mm before starting to give moral lessons to people. How many of these uh, European or Western business companies who earn millions and millions from Qatar or other countries in the region, billions every year, how many of them have addressed migrant workers' rights with the authorities? I have the answer to you. None of them. None of them. Because any change in the legislation means less profit. Instead of one billion, well, you maybe make only 900 million. But we did. And FIFA generates much, much, much less than any of these companies from Qatar. All right. So um, Wait a I want you to read. Many Go back. Let's go to this. I, I want I want y'all to see this. Okay, wait. He says, today I have strong feelings. I feel Qatari. I feel Arab. I feel African. I feel gay. I feel disabled. I feel a migrant worker. He's got all the feels. He is really, really feeling. He says, I know what it means to be discriminated and bullied as a foreigner in a foreign country. And that's why he feels all of these things. But he's telling us that we need to apologize for something that happened 3,000 years ago or the past 3,000 years and apologize for the next 3,000 years before we call out the moral failings so here's the thing. Switzerland, of the Qataris. Switzerland never engaged in colonialism <clears throat> or the slave trade. Okay. Um, 
They also ignored the Arabic slave trade, which lasted longer and enslaved more Africans than the Atlantic slave did in the West. So, uh, slave trade did. Indeed, uh, while an estimated 12.5 million Africans were put into slavery in the Americas, up to 17 million were taken from Africa by Muslim slavers. Uh-oh. Some have also argued that the Arabic slave trade, which no one talks about, did you even, no one knows even existed. Okay, you're not allowed to talk about it in school. Um which lasted for 700 more years than the Western slave trade, was more br brutal given the propensity of Arabic uh, slave traders using castration to turn millions of African boys into eunuchs. Oh, dear. The Arabs were also no strangers to colonialism. Indeed, Sicily, in Infantino's ancestral homeland of Italy, was subjugated by Muslim con uh, conquerors for hundreds of years. So, um, of course, Qatar has is like on Are the, the bottom Qatar of, of, of human... Are um, they coming out to apologize for those things that they've done? No. How about we forget what happened 300, 3,000 years ago and we not worry about what's going to happen in the future and just apologize for the things that are happening right now? Maybe. This is crazy. Address you, those issues. Listen. No, wait. Li wait listen wait. to this. Hang on. Before you get to that, though, because yours is red and I don't want to lose my thoughts. It's going to go into the ether. He says, I am gay. Wow. Um, where, where is he again? In Qatar. Yeah. Are you allowed to say that in Qatar? Because I'm just saying that their view of homosexuality is yeah. not the Western European view of homosexuality over there in Qatar, mister. Okay, so I did not know this. A 2001 report from The Guardian cl mm. claimed that 6,500... 2021. What did I say? 2001. 2021, sorry. 2021. 6,500 migrant workers from Bangladesh, India, Nepal, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka have died. Oh. In Qatar. For why? Why? Over the past decade, building World Cup stadiums and other venues in perilous conditions such as extreme heat, while others are said to have perished from uh, asphyxiation, asphyxiation due, due to, to hanging. hanging. What? 6,500 migrant workers have died building buildings in Qatar. That's the report sad. notes that the death toll was likely much higher given the figures from 2020 were not included and because the paper was unable to secure figures from other migrant origin countries, including Kenya and the Philippines. Qatar, for its part, has consistently attempted to brush aside concerns over its hosting of the World Cup as racism from the West. Wow. 6,500. And we're, this, this is so stupid. All right. In Britain, mm, here we get go. your Move candles on. out. Get your candles out. Blackouts are more likely as repairs to French UK power line have been delayed. Potential blackouts this winter in Britain have become more likely with repairs to a crucial underwater cable from France being delayed until next year. And get another blow to the United Kingdom's energy security. Repairs for the British na uh, National Grid's interconnection, um, France, this IFA. Uh, which has been running at half capacity since a fire broke out at a substation in Kent in September of last year, have been delayed from December to at least mid-January. Typically, the cable has the capability of delivering two gigawatts of electricity to Britain or enough power to uh, up to approximately two million households. But it has uh, only been able to supply half power since last year. It was scheduled to return to 1.5 gigawatts this month and full capacity by December, but it is now expected the repairs will continue until January 18th. This cable is one of eight such underwater lines from Europe uh, that supplies um, to the UK. And uh, even prior to the delayed repairs, there have been consistent warnings of potential blackouts. So I want to give a tip, though. I learned this from Karate Kid. 
That's how you can warm up somebody. Mm. You got it? You got it? We'll try it again. Warms up your hands. Ooh, I felt it. Did you feel it? Kind of. Did no, you feel it? So, so that the pilgrim mothers probably did something like that to to keep the children warm. Seriously though, we are at the place where they don't care if you go cold this winter because Ukraine. Right. No, no, they, literally, it just. I mean, mm. we could do a whole show that's titled that. They don't care if you go cold this winter because Ukraine. It's, it is, and, and they have come out saying, they, the powers that be in, in, and we were talking about the UK, but this, this is across Europe and the United States, even though we aren't suffering the power shortages that you guys are, because we're not directly impacted by it yet. What they are saying is, we will stand with Ukraine at all costs until the bitter cold end, and we don't care if our people go cold. And die because people will die from cold without sources of heat and so on and so forth. In other countries, they actually need this fuel to cook, right? You can't cook your food. Right. That's where this is headed, but they don't care because Ukraine. All right. Millions in um, the UK. Millions face a 60% tax rate, but governor worker pensions set to soar. Two million British workers face the prospect of paying a 60% uh, paying 60% of their income to the government in taxes as a result of the latest round of hikes. Uh, and actually, the headline came out that said, Britons now see the Conservative Party as the party of tax hikes. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. I, how could you not? How could you not? It used to be that was um, for the Labor Party, but now the conservatives and the labor have melded in some sort of disgusting Yeah, they've removed billions from the state employees' pensions, and then they're taxing more. This week, uh, Jeremy Hunt, an anti-Brexit holdover from David Cameron, um, who played a pivoted role in getting uh, Liz Truss out and getting in Rishi Sunak, who we're going to uh -huh. make fun of here in a minute. Announced that he would be increasing taxes by another $24 billion, taking uh, the tax burden to its highest level since the Second World War. According to analysis of Hunt's tax increases, the NFU mutual financial advice firm that up to 2 million people will be subject to paying 60% of their income in tax by the year uh, 2028 as a result of inflation, pushing their salaries into frozen higher tax bans. Uh, the finance firm noted that because those who earn about a hundred pounds to 125,000 pounds, a hundred, hundred thousand pounds to 125,000 pounds do not benefit from the tax-free personal allowance afforded to other earners. They will fall into a trap in which six to 10 pounds they earn above the threshold will go to the government. Currently, about 1.3 million Britons uh, earn about 100,000 pounds. So, However, as a result of inflation, it is expected that 700,000 more. So as inflation gets up, you can't buy as much with your with your money. You're making $100,000, but you're not living any better. Um, that money will still be taxed at that in that higher. I just want to I want to break this down. And, and I know we've got a big show here, so I'll, I'll try to make this very brief. We all know socialism. Mm -hmm. We understand socialism. We get it. You guys, the UK is a socialist country. Arguably, the United States is one now as well, too. We used to not be, but now, uh, realistically, we, we are. When you hit over 50% of giving your money to the government, you cease to be your own person and you are now a slave. Okay? Because that's when you are beholden to somebody and they let you keep a certain small percentage of your pro profits from your labor, but 
the bulk of it belongs to them because they own you. So what we are seeing now with this 60%, if you're going to have a 60% tax rate in the UK, you're a slave. You are a legitimate, and I mean legitimate slave to the government. You guys should be out in the streets in droves over this, but how does it get here? If the United States is not cautious, if we do not take this in hand with the power of God, we are headed down that same track because it's little by little by little. The income tax, at least here in the United States, is wholly unconstitutional and we consented. Patriot Gallery, our mom, did a video. She did. She broke it into two parts this week. I want you guys to go and watch it. But in the second half, she really hammers home, I do not consent. The power of your words are, and I did a video a couple of weeks ago about the power of the spoken spoken word. I wanted you, you guys to go back and watch that as well. I don't care what you have to actually do, do whatever you have to do. But every day in the UK, you need to wake up and say, I do, just say it out loud. I do not consent. I am not a slave. The, the British government does not own me and my labor. Because once you hit over 50%, you are now a slave to the government and they know it. And they are just, they've already seen, they're not just now seeing it. They've already seen that they can get away with it. So real wages in Britain are not expected to return to 20, 2008 levels until 2027 as workers are expected to miss out on about 15,000 pounds in pay raises over the next five years uh, due to the financial mismanagement of the Tory government. That's something to look forward to. Now, if you bring up, uh, skip one article and go to the next one. So here's where your money is going. So this is the slush fund, 14 billion wasted on COVID fraud, luxury villas and vegan ice cream. An investigation from a former uh, from a uh, from a British newspaper has found that the Conservative government has wasted at least fourteen billion dollars. So here's where all your taxpayer money is going, on frivolous expenditure expenditures such as uh, luxury villas in Italy, vegan ice cream, and massive levels of fraud. Uh, according to an investigation from London's uh, Daily Telegraph, the broadsheet most closely aligned with the ruling Tory party. Financial disclosures since the start of the year found uh, this fourteen billion. Uh, items identified as waste by the paper include uh, 6,000 pounds on a villa in Naples, uh, 837 uh, vegan uh, pounds on vegan ice cream in Uruguay, uh, 5,000 pounds on a storytelling training session with a narrative ecologist, and uh, 3.3 billion on children's swimming lessons in Panama. Wow. Or no, 3,300, sorry, no billions, no billions, just 3,000. So what they're doing is as they go, as they're going places, they're paying people lots of money of your money, okay? So let me um, read some comments here. Uh, Chrissy says the rupee and the ruble are the only way they are trading instead of a fiat petrodollar. Their money is backed by gold. This is in Russia. Uh, we were taken off of the gold standard in 1971. Our money is now backed by nothing. Imaginations at best. Well said. Stephanie says, wasn't the American Revolution about taxation without representation? Is it going to get to the point of another revolution or are we there? Chrissy says, this is global. Let me hit some comments from DLive. Um, Michelle, there is no difference between labor and Tory politicians anymore. Uh, Mark says, our national minimum wage is going up from 10 pounds in uh, April of 2023. I didn't know that your minimum wage was that low. I think ours is even higher than that now. No, is it? It's like seven. Is it? Dollars our minimum wage is not seven dollars. No, no way. Uh, but Mark says, but, but it won't mean anything. So, uh, Britt Bob says, Michelle, I've got solar panels, so no power cuts for me. Praise God. He says, I also have open fires. 725. Oh, wow, that's really low for what we, for the cost of living right now, that's ridiculous. Uh, Mark says, I've been 
slowly stockpiling candles. Guys, just do what you can. You need something bad is coming down the road. We've been talking about it. I want to insert UK it in the middle of the show. UK disposable income uh, to fall at fastest level in history. Um, and during the COVID crisis, an estimated 10 billion, 10 billion was fraudulently handed out. They've been able to recover about 1.1 billion, but 9 billion is lost for good. All right, that's depressing. Moving on. Moving on. We've got better stories than that. Yeah, Belgian authorities see so much cocaine, it's overloading its incinerators. Yeah. So Europe uh, seized a record amount of cocaine in 2020. Okay. In which Belgium saw the greatest amount uh, intercepted by any country, followed by the Netherlands and Spain. Wow. Uh, this year, uh, Belgian customs agents have seized so much um, cocaine particularly uh, at the Antwerp port, that it's overloading their incinerators to try to burn it all. I seriously don't want to leave up this image. Oh, good, I haven't been. Last year, 90 tons of cocaine were seized at the port in Antwerp alone. They're not obviously good at getting getting it through. 90 tons is a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Drugs seized by the Belgian officials are destroyed in specially licensed incinerators because you have to have specially licensed incinerators with that much cocaine, right? Somebody, somebody's making a ton of business. Somebody is just wanting to, to the cocaine to come in because they got a business burning it, um, or they're taking a little. They off are the top. kept at undisclosed locations to thwart criminals. Somebody knows where they're at. The federal justice minister. Um, told VRT News that the drugs are see- that drug seized are closely monitored. The storage of batches of cocaine seized in- is the responsibility of the Customs Service. These batches are, of course, closely monitored by the police. I'm sure they are. Uh, Customs and other services, they do everything necessary to limit the-, to limit the security risk. However, there has been something of a bottleneck as there have been so many seizures and also because just one incinerator was in use. Moreover, you cannot burn uh, these batches in bulk in one go in large uh, quantities as this would cause issues with the filters at the incineration plant because you don't want cocaine getting out into you don't want it getting out yeah it, it, it really it disturbs me this idea of incineration you know like it does it, it, how else do you get rid of it you got to you can't put it in the water system right <laughs> i guess burning it is the only option so yeah. bravo for them for for being able to seize it that's I guess that's saying something. Yeah, let's go ahead uh, and skip a few of these, and we're going to come back to Russell Brandt. He's always uh, a fire, but he's a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can say if if you if you can play him on uh, Facebook or not. But we are going to play Neil the Neil Oliver. Oliver. You guys love his monologue that we bring to you. Would you uh, like me week? to make him big, big? Yeah, make him All big. Right, big. We're gonna we're gonna let me change this window here, and we're just gonna let Neil take the whole stage here. Boom. And talking about the betrayal of Britain. Yeah. So when we're talking about the Tories have totally betrayed you guys. Um, Brexit has been betrayed. Well, well, no, everything can't, has see everything talking. has been betrayed. And um, Neil lays it out well. So okay, here we go. Here we go. I keep waiting for the betrayal too far. That action by the state against Britain that finally pushes every last citizen of the country that used to be Britain into the grim realization that those illegitimates are out to get us. The green agenda that guarantees the impoverishment of the peoples of the West by pursuing the lie that wind and solar can take the place of gas, oil and coal. The green agenda that pushes the palpable nonsense those of us with petrol and diesel cars today are meant to have electric cars tomorrow, when all the evidence makes plain that you and I are meant to be going nowhere 
while our self-appointed masters go anywhere and everywhere. The green agenda that invites us to think that net zero and the rest are about anything more than stealing our rights and freedoms while further enriching the already rich. The delegates for COP27 flying in private jets to luxury accommodation in Egypt where they sat down to meals of £100 a time cuts of prime Aberdeen Angus beef, foie gras, which is the liver of force-fed geese, salmon and sea bass and cream sauces, while pausing between burps to lecture us proles about carbon emissions and the need to eat bugs and genetically modified grass. Those delegates discussing plans to eviscerate the farming industry, to cut farming around the world by anything up to a half in a time of food insecurity for millions. The blindingly obvious realisation that these schemes are nothing to do with saving the planet, but merely the means to bankrupt the farmers and drive them off the land so it may be acquired by transnational corporations. The realisation that governments and physicians together oversaw the most disastrous medical intervention in history, that by setting aside first do no harm and informed consent and opting instead for ruinous lockdowns and coercion, they took a bad situation and made it much worse. The revelation that those so-called vaccines were never even tested to see if they would stop transmission of COVID, which they absolutely did not do, thereby revealing that all the government and media-driven propaganda demanding submission to the needle to save granny was a blatant lie. The revelation that those medical products do not, do not stop a person contracting any virus. The realisation quite simply expressed that those medical products making billions for Big Pharma do not work as advertised. Would it be the soaring numbers of people dying from causes unrelated to COVID? The people dying or suffering life-altering consequences in the aftermath of submitting to the jabs, released only under the terms of emergency use authorisation? The number of otherwise healthy people, young people included, dropping dead or being found dead in their beds? Would it be the fact it's still all but forbidden to ask if the so-called vaccines have anything to do with those excess deaths? Or the realisation that all the currencies in the world, the pound, the dollar, the euro, are now nothing more than Ponzi schemes, fraudulent confidence tricks doomed ultimately to collapse and soon, and that ought to have put their operators in jail long ago. The news from the US that another Ponzi scheme called FTX, a cryptocurrency exchange owned and operated by a 30-year-old wonderkind, has crashed, taking billions of dollars into oblivion. Tens of billions of US dollars were sent by the Biden administration to Ukraine. Ukraine invested some of that in FTX. Then FTX donated $40 million to the Democrat campaign for the midterms. At what point does it become legitimate to ask if this was profiteering or money laundering? Now the collapse of FTX could potentially be seized upon by Biden's administration as the excuse they were waiting for to pass legislation to take control of cryptocurrencies. Killing two birds with one stone, anyone? What about the knowledge that college dropout computer software salesman Bill Gates has acquired more than a quarter of a million acres of farmland in the US for purposes unknown? Or the daily and nightly arrival by dinghies of tens of thousands of young men on Britain's southern shore where they are ferried to hotels for free accommodation, free money, free food and access to all the GP and dental appointments you can't get, all of it at the taxpayer's expense. The knowledge that their arrival is aided and abetted by Serco, a company whose outgoing chief executive is Rupert Solmes, grandson of Winston Churchill, the wartime leader made immortal by his vow to defend the beaches. Oh, the irony. Or the fact that Serco has the contract for finding accommodation for those migrants, that profits hugely by offering millions a time to hoteliers to sack their staff and turn their properties into hostels for those young men, 
always young men. The realisation, in my eyes anyway, is that the British born and raised here have been put at the back of the queue for everything their taxes pay for so that all of those benefits can be extended to new arrivals. The realisation that the powers that be are intent on breaking the morale and spirit of the British, transforming us into a compliant, dependent, unquestioning herd ready to accept whatever indignity might be foisted upon us next. The threat of nuclear war, dear God, the existential threat we all grew up fearing in the last third of the 20th century. The climax we're being invited to accept as somehow inevitable. The very existence of every man, woman and child apparently hanging in the balance amidst all the politics as the fighting drags on month after month. And then, and then, as if all of that wasn't enough, look at the politics here. Last week came the financial statement from Hunt, the Chancellor no one wanted except the markets that make our country's decisions for us. I listened to as much of his rubbish as I could before I felt the gorge rise in my throat. Surely I thought this litany of contempt, nudge unit grooming, obfuscation and downright patronising piffle would awaken the slumbering, sleepwalking masses to the now undeniable, unmissable fact that those occupying the great offices of state are working around the clock to break Britain and the British. No help for the workers, no help for pubs and restaurants, no help and only more hurt for small businesses of all sorts. No help for those who generate the modest profits upon which everything in our society depends. Those who received no furlough, not a cent, are to reach into empty pockets and pay for those that did. This is the equivalent of throwing a dinner party, inviting some to enjoy all they can eat, and then insisting that those who watched from outside the restaurant, hungry while they pressed their noses against the glass, should now help foot the bill for food they didn't eat. This all on its own is a graceless, egregious scandal. So-called bounce-back loans are being reclaimed from bank accounts of those that received them. But furlough? No, that money went out and won't be coming back. And the same self-employed the government hates are being ordered to pick up the tab. Listen to some of what Hunt said, if you have the stomach for it. We also protect the vulnerable, because to be British is to be compassionate, and this is a compassionate... He goes on. The Bank of England, which has done an outstanding job since its independence, now has my wholehearted support in its mission to defeat inflation, and I today confirm we will not change its remit. And then try swallowing this vomit-inducing cant from Hunt. Finally, Mr Speaker, I have talked a lot today about British values of compassion, hard work, dignity, fairness. There is no more British value than our commitment to protect and honour those who built the country we live in. But the British people are tough, inventive and resourceful. We have risen to bigger challenges before. We aren't immune to these headwinds, but with this plan for stability, growth and public services, we will face into the storm. End of quote. How that man has the gall to pronounce such disingenuous platitudes in public at such a time when millions are on their knees is beyond me. Him and his parliamentary colleagues are the people who put us here with polities they kept pushing long after anyone with half a brain could see the disaster coming. The Conservative Party has become what the Labour Party has been for generations, the enemy of those who would work all the hours to make something of themselves, something they might raise up their children with and set them on the same aspirational road. Governments of every stripe hate and loathe the self-employed the entrepreneurs, because by definition those sovereign individuals do not need the state. 
What those people need is for the state to get out of their way. And this latest iteration of the state refuses to do that. On the contrary, they seek only to break the middling classes and have them ask for help instead. What will it take, I ask, before the rest of this country awakens to the realisation that we are being had, being played and taken for fools? What will it take before those citizens see that we have put ourselves at the mercy of a criminal enterprise shaped only to rob us blind, hobble all ambition and see to it that we are cowed and submissive with our hands held out for a few shekels from our self-proclaimed lords and masters? Here's the thing. All of it stops when we say it stops. It doesn't require every one of us, just enough of us, simply to realise that no cavalry is coming, no help is at hand. It's up to us to see these charlatans for what they are, to disregard them, red, blue and every colour in between, to turn our backs on them and work together to make something else, something decent, something that is ours. Wow, that was one of Neil's uh, best monologues that I've heard in a long time. I'm really glad that he's calling all this out. I mean, leave it to Neil to do so. And 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 guys, if you're just joining Resistance Chicks, maybe you've recently found us. I'm so glad that you have. Every Sunday, we try to grab that monologue from Neil Oliver in the UK because somebody said here in the chat, Ed, says it sounds like the same plan that's going on here in the United States. What I love about what Neil does every single week is he, he he's talking about what's going on in the UK, but it's applicable to every single one of us around the world. Yeah, that's actually a really good time to bring up uh, Vin, Vin, uh, Vin, Vindaya, Vandana uh, Shiva. Um, I actually appreciate her. She's a kind of a she's a clean eating um, world leader in India. And she calls out the World Economic Forums and she calls out Bill Gates. And she's actually helped us to understand how Bill Gates and uh, Monsanto, specifically Gates with the vaccines. And India actually kicked out um, the uh, the vaccines for the Gardasol vaccine mm -hmm. for young girls. And it was a parliament full of men that did this because their daughters were getting injured by the masses. Yeah. Um, and then also in India, one of the things that they, they do is they keep the seeds. But with Monsanto coming in, you can't keep and replant the to. seeds. Yeah. And so she's been a really good um, voice voice against GMOs and Monsanto. But she's also now coming out against the cashless society. Um, but that's not a natural society, by the way, because she's all about natural living. She's she's like has a farm. You know, they're they they they're Hindus, so they don't eat cows, but they actually do use them and they have them on their farms. Um, so go ahead and play this video as the dog takes. My and if you notice. You know, my country was the first where they made cash illegal. 2016, digitalization was forced on the country. Eight o'clock in the evening announced midnight, cash was illegal, the big notes. And 70% of the economy crashed. This digitalization is now going all over the world and there's a war on cash. They call it war on cash because cash is merely a medium of exchange. It has no value in itself. It's just a promise. You read the dollar note, it says, I promise to pay the bearer. A, when it's digital, even a credit card, you know, you're giving rents to the global financial system. But when it's cryptocurrency in the hands of algorithms, in the hands of big tech, they will do what is happening in China. Create social credit system to decide a new caste system. And you might have also followed that while all this has been happening, the 
founder of the World Economic Forum, did a book called The Great Reset on how to deal with the COVID crisis. And one of, and all, everything we're seeing unfold is part of that Great Reset. But an element of that Great Reset is you will own nothing. Now, I'm a believer in the commons. And it would be so good if all land was a commons, if all seed was a commons, if food was a commons, if health was a commons, so that we had strong public health systems, strong community health system, deep knowledge about being healthy. But when Carl Schwab says, you will own nothing, he's saying, we'll own it all. <laughs> That's why you have gates, not just owning the seed. What do you do to own our food? What, of course, controls the health and now owning land. This, if any, if ever there was a time for humanity to wake up, now is the time. All right, so what I love about what she says there is that um, you're, is she, she the, the ideal of the this common, you know, commons, the commons, sharing all things in common. Historically, this has been tried time and time again because idealistically, it seems great. Yeah. In practice, with the corruption of the human soul that is always going to be there, it doesn't work. That's the problem. It seems great in theory, but yeah. in actual practice, it will never work because of the corruption of, this, of the human soul. You will own nothing, but they own it all. It's not shared. You're right. You're so, right. it's not all shared. right. There's a dog. We got to let out. You, you, you got. You know what you're doing here. Um, I'm gonna is play. The dog, it. Is the dog okay? Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. The dog's okay. Then. Okay. The dog's okay then. All right. So uh, this is actually a video uh, of Shiva here in 2015, where she calls Bill Gates and he's nobody. He really is a nobody. He's an upstart nobody. Bill Gates is a newcomer. Five years, ten years ago, he starts. Oh, I unplugged myself. Then he's jumping into this. He's already taken over the WHO and the health system, right? We can either say, oh, Mr. Gates has always been powerful. He's always been around. No, he's an upstart. He's an upstart who's a nobody in the history of the evolution of this planet. He's a nobody in the history of evolution of our cultures. He's a nobody in the history of democracy. And I said, it's very wrong that governments, no, just give which are meeting outside. for an interstate intergovernmental gathering allow him to stand with them they are giving up their power of representing democratic societies and they are inviting him to take control yeah no the issue is i i don't mind the dialogue i can tell you because i have critiqued agra so much the Alliance for the Green Revolution and the GMOs. I have so many friends who say, oh, but you should talk to Bill Gates. I said, sure, fix a meeting. Poor guys, 10 years they have spent trying to fix an appointment. I'm not going to wait to fix an appointment with Bill Gates. In my life, um, soil bacteria is a more significant being on this planet than a Bill Gates. And I'm not going to waste my time seeking an appointment with him. But if he comes my way, if he comes my way, I have. I've worked, spoken at the World Economic Forum in Melbourne. He was there, I was there. He had to come through helicopter. I walked in, I asked the protesters, I said, they want me to speak inside. If you give me permission, I'll go. If you don't give me permission, I won't. They said, no, for you, we will open up. They let me go. I was there. I won't avoid him, but I won't kill myself trying to meet. Okay, and so this is, we are so grateful to have leaders like um, 
like her in India, um, Shiva in India. And listen, <laughs> we can disagree on religion and, but the religion of the left is destruction. It is total annihilation. It is taking over land and taking over pretty much your whole life. And so when we are, when we have called out these digital currencies, you know, it came to my attention today that there is a new, there, there is another cryptocurrency. So if you guys, you guys, hopefully you've heard of FTX and that cryptocurrency that was pushed together by, um, uh, Giselle and Tom Brady and total cover up money laundering, just shenanigans. Well, there's another coin called Stablecoin, and supposedly they're supposed to have a dollar on reserve for every dollar crypto coin that's used. And supposedly, and I'm just learning this because I'm not, I'm not a fan of crypto. I will, I'm going to tell you guys because the digitalization of the world right now and getting people, they're trying to get people, um, into the cryptocurrency so that they're comfortable with a digital currency. And when you, if you Google the digitalization of India, you're going to see Forbes and Bloomberg and CNN and the BBC all touting this as a, um, a jump in civilization. But what happens is the money printers want more money. The beast wants to be fed more. And what I was reading, it was a uh, article that came out of Revolver News, talked about the digitalization of, of the economy with this cryptocurrencies and with this stablecoin and how it literally, it, it appears to quite literally be a, a uh, cryptocurrency that has no backing whatsoever in any reality and just and it's just making up money. And so Michelle, um, we were talking about the digitalization of India and how the mainstream media is touting it as fantastic. Um, India went from 14% internet access to 60% internet access, and they're trying to get people into the digital uh, realm. Right. Number one, so that they can track you. Right. And it's not just here's the thing. Yes, it's great. Yes, they they yes they think control is great. Okay. But what they really want is just more money for themselves. What they really want is the Federal Reserve System is limited in its ability for the rest of the world leaders to right. print money. Right. And so they want in on the scam. So they've come up with, an, uh, and this has been years in the making, I believe. First starting with the, I truly believe that the CIA is backing the, the cryptocurrency to make it look like um, it's a rogue financial system that's out of the out out of the system no it is the system you see isis is able to tr buy and sell and trade without anybody knowing what's going on you see um uh the ukraine where's all that money was anybody know what happened what went wh where the money went so here's the thing about cryptocurrencies don't, don't you think the bad guys like the idea of being able to transfer money and funds to people without being tra tracked Honestly, or traced i don't care about whether you can transfer money without being tra able to be tracked or traced i actually don't buy into the idea that in my opinion if it is digital there is always some way that someone is going to be able to track and trace it what happened was the great heist of 1913. 
when we went on to the um with when we joined ranks with the Federal Reserve Bank, which is just a bank, it has nothing to do with our federal government. It is not it is not a United States thing. Then eventually that led to us coming off of the gold standard. In the middle of that, we had gold and we had gold confiscations, right? Whenever they take your hard asset, this is actually valuable. This is a valuable thing. This silver dollar that I'm for the podcasters that are just listening. Whenever you exchange that for these are uh, Venezuelan um, dollars. Whenever you exchange them for these, you have been had. And I will tell it, I'll take it a step further. When you then digitalize, then you don't even have, like she said, you don't even have a promissory note. You've got nothing. But what I'm saying is that it's not even about tracking and tracing us. Right. It's about a way for them not to be tracked. No, or I'm with you on that. I'm. I'm. They like with the you cryptocurrencies. They want to go. It's a way for them to develop more of. They they're done it's with like developing what she, the fiat. It's like what she just said, though. You'll own nothing, and you'll be happier than ever. But she said, but they will own everything. So your transactions will be tracked and traced, but their transactions will not. So with these cryptocurrencies and even with these digital currencies, nobody's going to be there to audit them. Right. Okay. Um, I was just, I, you, you were gone when I was talking about this, this, this stable coin that could be the next uh, fall in cryptocurrency. And um, it literally looks like there's, there's, there was, there's no money there at all. And it's a house of cards. And so if you had the ability to just make up dollars. Mm-hmm then would you and people are exactly okay so a couple more videos here but i get i I just the reason i guess why i wanted to kind of hit on the actual reason why we are not behind cryptocurrencies is because i know that we have a ton of viewers who love them and i know that you guys think that that's the next best way to go but at the same time you're also a prepper most of you are preppers and understanding that the whole thing is going to collapse and so how can you how do you reconcile listen i need to have a way to gather water but i'm going to invent invest in a digital something that doesn't hold any value that if the grid fell I wouldn't be able to use, well, no, we've got these little things. No, guys, when the grid falls, and if it falls as hard as we think that it's going to fall, the only thing that you will be able to use to buy and sell and trade are actual goods and gold and silver and, yeah. and, and precious metals. That's and it. eggs. Go to my video here from, it's uh, all the way to the left. I to- we, we played a, uh, a video from a, a English farmer. This is a false um, egg shortage happening in Britain, and I want you to hear from a real pastured farming egg farmer. You may have seen that there's a little bit of an egg shortage. In fact, there might be egg rationing. So what is going on and why is there an egg shortage? Anyway, it's mainly down to the supermarkets. One in particular I'll give you, I'll, I'll mention because they're probably taking the piss the most out of farmers. Anyway, Sainsbury's. So I'm just gonna show you this graph now. So here it is. So basically, December 21, to produce a dozen eggs costs £1.05. pence. Sainsbury's were selling that for £2.50. So they were making it £1.45 every dozen of eggs they retailed. So they basically got it from the packers, put it on the shelf, made that much money. Now, the price of producing eggs has gone up, mainly due to the war in Ukraine, avian flu, different things. 
So now the cost of produce a dozen eggs has gone up by 30, 40 pence. So it now costs £1.45 to produce a dozen eggs. But the supermarkets, or specifically Sainsbury's, is only paying an extra 10 pence. So the cost of eggs is 30, 30 pence less than the cost of production of them. But in the meantime, in the shops, they've put the price up to £3.30. So they've put the price up by 80p, but only giving the farmers 10 pence more. So that means that they're making £2.15 profit on every dozen eggs, whereas last year they were making £1.45. So their profits are up 80 pence per dozen eggs, and the farmers are losing 30 pence a dozen eggs. What is wrong with the world? The other thing is they've started importing some from Italy, and they're actually costing more than UK eggs, but it's because they don't want to fall they're in contracts basically with UK producers and if they give more to them then they'll expect it all the time but instead people are stopping filling the sheds with chickens and stopping producing eggs because they can't afford to lose 30 pence a dozen because it won't be long before they're out of business so get your act together Sainsbury's also get the red tractor logo back on your products and then people know what they're buying is British wow that is Ollie O-L-L-Y Harrison accidental YouTuber okay so Earlier, when we mentioned that we were going to talk about the price of eggs um, on Rumble, Jack545 uh, left these comments. I just raised my egg prices because protein went up 70% this year wow. and winter feeding. Uh, hope they don't strike too. So here's the thing. This goes back to what I said in the show. This guy is giving you the actual fact behind what I talked about. We have dogs here. These very needy dogs right now. Be about the fact that they are the cost of production is going up. We are going to see that go up astronomically, especially because of the fertilizer hikes. It hasn't hit quite yet. Mm -hmm. It's going to. But the grocery stores are not paying the growers and the producers hardly anything to cover that cost, the, uh, the the increased cost, but they're raising the prices astronomically and taking the profit. Yes. Now is the time more than ever to find yourselves local growers, local farmers. You can look online for co-ops and all sorts of things in your area to be able to buy your eggs from a local farmer who is going to sell them to you at a reasonable price to just cover their cost. Yeah. And you can get your meat from local farmers. You can get your uh, vegetables from local farmers. This is what you need to be doing. All right. So what did Bomb have to say? Patriot Gallery comment. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. PG here. I'm a Christian. That's our mom, Patriot Gallery. I am not a liar. Uh, fiat and crypto is a bunch of people lying. I think she meant are. They are. Whatever. Honest people tell you that it's counterfeit. It's unjust. And it's unfair. Only 99% pure gold and silver coins are real money. Everything else is a lie. Ask yourself, are you a liar or an honest person? What about your friends, your family, your government? Are they liars or honest people? Your country. This is what it boils down to. I could not agree with my mom's comment. Listen, the Bible oh, says God. that God hates unjust weights and balances. That's yes. what the fiat dollar and, and that's even why, cryptocurrencies honestly, enable. Honestly, all the we wouldn't actually have a really good world news show if it wasn't for the fiat dollar. Because you wouldn't have half these problems. You wouldn't have three quarters of these problems. True. So that's why my mom hammers it all the time. All right. Um, 
You want to see this embarrassingly cringe video uh, from uh, Justin no, really. at Trudeau and no, Rishi fawning over Zelensky? I I've watched it actually. It was it was incredibly painful. Um, this is it's really disturbing. Wait, not this one. Wait a minute. Is it a tweet? It's uh, Summit article? News. I'm looking for it. You don't have it up. I'm looking for it. We'll find it. It could be one of these. Those are there's some articles in there. There it is. We found it. Yeah, this showed up because I somehow I started following 10 Downing Street on my um, Instagram and they shared this as, a, as a, a point of pride. They were very excited about this. So here we this have the video. unelected British uh, uh, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak posted this weird edited video of him and his Canadian counterpart, Justin Trudeau, fawning over Zelensky. Prime Minister Trudeau, Prime Minister Sunak, President Zelensky, please go ahead, you're online. Hello, Vladimir. It's Rishi and Justin. I really wanted you to hear from us as friends. We absolutely know how difficult yesterday was. It was horrific for you and your country. And we have called it out in the session that we've just had uh, and on the media here this morning. And we made that point loud and clear uh, to, the, to everyone who was here that what your country had to live through yesterday was unacceptable and represented yet more barbarity from the Russians. We stood united in condemning it. Rishi and I really wanted to, to reach out to reassure you, uh, to show you we're standing with you, uh, and to say we're gonna, we're gonna uh, figure out this step-by-step uh, -step altogether. Thank you, Vladimir. Talk to you soon. So cringy. That is highly edited. So many uh, snippets there. And then what they were calling to wish him condolences on, Zelensky knew it was supposedly we were going to go to World War III because Russia had some missiles go over the border into Poland. And that's what Zelensky told us. That's what the whole world told us. Zelensky did not back down. The Ukraine is still not backed down. But those were Ukrainian missiles uh -oh. that went into Poland Yikes! and killed two Polish civilians. So now liar, liar, it's pants an on accident. And, and this literally... So that phone call was, we are so sorry this horrific thing has happened. Oh, my, oh my goodness, goodness, on your country. Oh and I've got to tell you that Justin and Rishi, we are going to be here for you no matter what. And we are standing. We condemned Russia for what they did that you accidentally did or maybe on purpose did. Uh, I want you to see this picture. So uh, Justin Trudeau played a lot of dress up uh, at the G20. And here was one of his... Um, least impressive. Why are they doing this? So Rishi and Tr Trudeau and Klaus Schwab all wearing the same shirt. Why though? Have they, have they come out with an explanation of why they're doing this? Who's yo daddy? Who's yo daddy? Is this like when the mom dresses the kids up in the same outfit that she's wearing? Yeah. Like I, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. If you scroll down, you'll see another thing from the G20 here. Um, about a digital health certificate. So let's have a digital health certificate. You can hear something. Acknowledged by WHO, if you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. So for the next pandemic, instead of stopping the movement of the people 100%, which clogged the economy globally, you know, you can still provide some movement of the people. Indonesia has achieved G20 country has agreed 
to have this digital certificate using WHO standard, and we will submit into the next the, uh, World Health Assembly in Geneva as the revision to international health regulation. So hopefully for the next pandemic, we can still see some movement of the people, some movement of the goods, and movement of the economy. So you know what I find so dis more disturbing about that video besides what he said about um, it's it's a social credit score kind of control movement there is that he says for the next pandemic they are preparing for the next one we haven't had any before and now we're having to have many. so how come they don't say like okay so they always go back to the Spanish flu when was that again. 1918. So, okay. 100 years. 100 years difference. Wasn't this a one in, in 100 years So why year don't thing? they say, so for the next 100 year pandemic, why are they talking about the next one? Tell me why you're talking about the next one. What you got plans for the next one? When is the next one coming? Is this, is this like the sequel when the next Avengers comes out? When the next Star Wars comes out? I mean, what is this? When the next one comes out, you be making plans for the next one. We all know you're making plans for the next one. Yeah, that's true. All right, so we're going to drop the link from Facebook into the DLive and the Rumble chat. So we want you... What you mean is we're going to drop the Rumble link, Rumble link into in the Facebook. Backwards. You I'm just backwards. It. You got it backwards. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to have a few more words on uh, Zelensky. And um, all right, so if you're watching on Facebook right now, I have just put the Rumble link, and I'm going to grab the D Live link, and I, I put have, it in the chat. And I, the show is not over. It's act, we are saving the best part of the show. We have Brazil in the streets in massive numbers, and what's going to what's happening there? I have a Swiss cardiologist, Dr. Uh, Thomas Binder, who um, actually had to go to a mental health facility because he spoke the truth about uh, COVID-19. Um, I've got. Um, some crazy videos out of China that we're going to talk about. And uh, is, I've this, got uh, Canada uh, possibly t talking about psychiatric medica medication for those refusing the injections. So if you don't want to miss that, then you click on that Rumble link. And if you somehow you can't find it in the chat, whatever, go to resistancechicks.com and, and watch it. this a click over and pay anything. And I was thinking that too. You know, Steven Crowder has his mug club and everybody's mm -hmm. got these Patreon accounts where you got to pay to get, all we're asking you to do is click on a link. We're not asking for donations. We're not asking, actually go to thebrighteonstore.com and use promo code chicks. No, just kidding. Actually go do that. But seriously, guys, go to mypillow.com forward slash RC, buy all this stuff. They're doing their Black Friday sale this week, by the way, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. My pillow is. But, uh, yeah, my pillow is, actually. And I want to encourage everybody, you know those cute beanie hats that we have that are so, they're 50% off. What? Yeah, I know. So we were gonna, we're going we're gonna to encourage you guys later in the show to do that. So, But we're not asking for anything but a little click. Just follow us over. Click on the Rumble link. Okay, go over there. It's The, the, the difference is DLive offers a live chat. Rumble, send them your complaints about the fact that they do not have a live chat for the cell phone. It's great live chat on your computer, on your, your little, I don't use them, Tablet. tablets or whatever, your laptop. Great live chat right there, but not for your cell phone. So if you want a cell phone live chat, go to DLive. If you want to just watch and listen, click over to Rumble and you can finish the rest of the show. But it's going, the best part of the show, the best is yet to come and they won't be fine so you don't want to miss it click on over there you go all right bring up the russell brand clip first uh it's a russell way. who russell brand brand you said brian all the way to the left like i like was like a hillbilly 
Russell Brand. It's a, it's a Twitter. It's a tweet. Nope, not to the left. There I is. saw him there. Yep, that is. That is him. Mm -hmm. What are we watching? Okay. All right. Here we go. You know what, Annie? There is nothing in that pantry for you, sister. She's like, yes, there is. There's all kinds of goodies over here for me. We got, we're watching these giant, beautiful dogs, and they are very nosy. What I'm saying is, is that we're being given a kind of synthetic snack instead of a nutritious feast of true political discourse. But sorry for a lot of families like it's mine, it doesn't really cut it. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons. So um, this is, um, what's his name, guys? Come on, come on, British people. Um, what's his name here? Uh, he broke lockdown t because he was oh, having yeah, yeah, an yeah, affair yeah, yeah. on his wife with another woman who was having an affair on her husband. And so he's going on this, like, celebrity, like, show, like, Big Brother, to try to make himself look more personable. ...reasons that I, um, that I regret it as much as I do. That's one of the reasons I regret it as much as I do. It's odd that you're invited one minute to look at it from an emotional perspective, in a sort of a visceral or sentimental way. And at other times we were asked to follow the science, follow the data, look at the facts. Do you see that it's kind of a global gaslighting that's taking place? Look at the facts, look at the- Matt Hancock. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Donna and- the data. Consider Barry. the emotion. <laughs> Consider the emotion. What do you want me to do? How am I supposed to understand this? It is not sufficient to say that Matt Hancock is like one bad apple. Or there are a few bad apples going to parties during lockdown. Or, you know, if you don't like the Democrat Party, vote for the Republican Party. Or if you don't like the Conservative Party, vote for the Labour Party. This is way beyond that. This is systemic corruption so deep and entrenched that nothing short of a total reckoning and renewal will do. Another R word is, of course, revolution, but we've been down that road. This is a serious and fundamental problem. It's a moral problem. It's an ethical problem. It's an ontological problem. A problem of meaning, of being. Who are we? What is the reality we're advocating for? What are our principles? How do you want to reorganize society? Do you want to reorganize it by having a sort of a heartfelt chat around a pretend campfire before someone goes off to eat a jar full of kangaroo bollocks? Or do you want a system where you have some ability to control your own life? Whoa. So wow. Well said. Speaking about not being able to control your own life, own life, let's just go to the next clip here. Canada mandating psychiatric medications for those who refuse the jab. I mean, there is a definite assault against the unvaccinated. And you've talked about how uh, even th they recommend, you know, perhaps psychiatric medication or something for people that don't want to take a vaccine. So this has come out recently out of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. The college sent out a, a letter or a memo to all the doctors in Ontario suggesting to them. Now, so far, they're not mandating it. They're just suggesting it that any of their unvaccinated patients, that they should consider that they have a mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric medication. So far, it's just a suggestion, but the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario should not be making these kinds of suggestions. This is extremely unethical, and this is a very, very slippery slope. Uh, if, if they're suggesting that people who wish to have bodily autonomy and, and don't want an experimental vaccine, that there may be something mentally wrong with them. That is a very, very dangerous slippery slope that we're on. Oh man, you're so right. I just thank you for your courage. The people of Canada are really uh, appreciative of what you've done 
how you're speaking. Thank you. Please don't uh, stop doing it. You know, okay, I love what this guy has said, but and I want to just kind of expound on it a little bit for a second. I think about this when it comes to, like, it never one time entered into my mind to get the vaccine. Like, I never thought about it. I never weighed it. I never thought, should I, should I not? Like, no thanks. It's not for me. Now, when I go into our local Sam's Club, some some of you have a Costco, your bulk food store or whatever, the very first thing that they do is they come at you and they want to sell you something, usually asking you about your cell phone plan. I have a wall up that literally just says, no thanks, it's not for me, okay? Now, I don't need to be told that I need to be talked into, well, you should look at this from all sides and then make a decision. I, I am a human being. It's just not for me. I don't want it. I don't need it. If I feel that I need something, I will seek it out. So this idea that you now need, sorry, am I getting a little loud? A little loud. That you need psychiatric drugs. Because you're, you're passionate about the subject, I understand. Because you don't want it. Now, we went to Russia when we were kids because our uncle went over after the wall to start Procter & Gamble. You can weigh whether that was a good thing or a bad thing, whatever. But we were there. He taught us a few phrases in Russian. Niet. Ni nada. Ni nada. It literally means, I don't want any. Because on the streets of Russia, when we were there in like 1995, people would constantly be coming up to you and, and trying to convince you that you need what they have. So just straight up, right off the bat, First thing he tells you is says, Niet, I don't want any. No, I don't want any. Why can we not just say that about anything in this world? There should never be anything that anyone ever tells you you have to have. Bingo. All right. Also out of Canada, breaking news. Is this the um, weather? Uh, a We can now, uh, ships or uh, boats can now float in the snow. <laughs> With a jet skier behind them. I just noticed. So, for those of you that thought that, that Canada does not have hillbillies, just wrong. Flat out, straight up oh, wrong. Oh, yeah, Canada has hillbillies. Um, All right, so um, out of uh, uh, China, has the apocalypse begun? I got a couple videos coming out of China here. That's what I was bringing close, close him close him. We'll get Skip to that her. in a minute. Yep. Here we go. All right, this is freaking me out. <gasps> What is literally looks like the apocalypse has just begun in China right now. Eerie videos have been coming out of China today showing completely trashed and empty streets of the Foxconn factory residences. The factory was the world's largest iPhone manufacturer and was home to around 200,000 workers. But in a matter of weeks, that number's reportedly dropped by a staggering 40 to 50%. See, recently the factory was placed in lockdown. So in fears of being trapped at work, thousands of workers had to flee so quickly that they didn't even have time to bring their belongings with them. And what you're seeing is Foxconn are essentially now going into workers' apartments and throwing all of their belongings out of their windows because it's easier than just carrying it down the stairs. Literally looks- Holy cow. I got another video out of China here. Um, this is digital identity certification for the right to eat in China. No. For the right to eat. So you've got to scan your little just cell phone. to get into a restaurant. And they just do it. Just do it. And, you know, 
This is why Leah and I harp on not complying yeah. right now. Because it, it because it won't it won't stop. It doesn't stop at you can't wear a mask to get into the store. You now will have to have a digital identity to get into the store. Yeah. Speaking of not complying, um, we have um, in Switzerland legalizes a suicide machine. Oh. It's a pod that offers painless death in a minute. No way. A painless, has anyone tried it to assure us that it's painless? No, I guess. Because you can't come back, back from that. How does the suicide pod work? The Sarco machine works by reducing the oxygen level in the pod to below a critical level. The process takes less than a minute and death occurs through hypoxia and hypocapnia. Hypoxia, the condition where there is no oxygen supply at this level. State of reduced uh, dioxide in the human blood. The method is intended to allow a person to die a peaceful and painful death. Painless. Painless, excuse me. Well, I'll, that was Freudian slip. The suicide pod was created by Dr. Philip Nietzsche, also known as Dr. Death. We know where he's going. Despite being legalized, why is Sarko facing criticism? Sar uh, Dr. Nietzsche, Nietzsche, has been severely criticized by the opponents of euthanasia, partly due to the method used. His critics have called the pod a glorified gas chamber. The pod has also been criticized due to its futuristic design, which critics say glamorizes suicide. The virtual reality app of the pod, allowing people to experience their own virtual death, has also faced harsh criticism. The VR experience was displayed in Amsterdam at the 2018 funeral expo. Well, I'm very, very fortunate to be able to display at the Amsterdam Funeral Fair this new idea of ours, of mine, the Sarko, which is a, a device to provide people with a, a death when they wish to die, which is peaceful and reliable, but also elegant and stylish. Critics say the Sarko would deprive users of human connection and leave them lonely with just a VR experience. Some people have also expressed disapproval, saying the machine will encourage suicide. You think? Only two Sarko capsule prototypes currently exist in Switzerland. However, Nietzsche is working on 3D printing the third machine to make it ready for operation in 2022. Okay. Wow. So we went from live in a pod and eat bugs to die in a pod and let the bugs eat you. Is that what someone said? That's yeah. Really good. I, wait, I, I just want to comment on that for a second. Okay. The fact that it encourages suicide to me is the number one reason why it should not exist. Because yeah. as if people needed an easier way to end their lives instead of seeking help, you know, like, I think that they're trying to sell it as... If you are like in excruciating pain or you're elderly and you just want to die, like we can have that conversation separate. My stance is still going to be the same, but we can, we can set that aside. But by and large, all this is going to do is take people who are depressed and go, well, I could have an easy way out because most people don't like the idea of putting a gun to their head. Well, and they obviously don't have very good mental health facilities because this Swiss cardiologist, Dr. Thomas Binder, 
Uh, he is going to describe his experience in a mental health facility, which he was placed in for speaking the truth about COVID-19. So they're not helping you at all. The mental health people in Switzerland are, are what are they, are, are they leftovers from the Nazis? Uh, James Stone said, it sounds like Dr. Fauci's kind of thing. Britt Baza says, have the people who want this seen what happens to people who are gassed? It's not painless at all. Look at Auschwitz films of people being gassed. It's horrific. Because I did, I did some, nothing wrong. They realized this after one hour. There was no threat of anybody. And I was also, I was not armed and I had no psychiatric history, of course. All these allegations of these uh, libeler were wrong. And uh, so they couldn't arrest me. So obviously they tried something else and they, they, they didn't know how to, how to uh, deal with me. So they, they pulled me into closed psychiatry. But then they, they gave me the, the uh, opportunity to decide either you stay here in the, in the psychiatric hospital for six weeks to have treated this uh, mania, or you can leave and go home and continue to work, but you must take a medication. And they, I was forced to take a neuroleptic and whether I took it or not was weekly controlled by a blood check. So this, I mean, these are really Soviet-style, GDR-style uh, psychiatric methods. This is outrageous. So this is Switzerland. For everybody listening right now, I want you to all know that this is happening in Switzerland. And you were forced to take a psychiatric medication because you spoke out against COVID-19 restrictions and measures. Am I right? Yes. But of course, these, as I, as I said, the corona insane other side decided I must be corona insane. So uh, from their point of view, this was, of course, uh, correct. But from my point of view, this was completely wrong. Yeah, this is this was Switzerland or in April 2020. Can you believe this? So, so he called, the mania of not getting the vaccine is essentially what he yeah. said. Yeah. Oh, oh, they want you all to live and then they were going to help you to die. Yeah. Did that Switzerland today. Now, going over from Switzerland to the Netherlands, we've got Queen Maxima of the Royal House gives a speech and describes the introduction of a new all-inclusive social credit system. It is a pleasure to join with you virtually and to support Indonesia's B20 presidency. I thank you for this opportunity to put financial inclusion at the heart of our discussions. These are difficult times for people they everywhere. Know, they're not seeing it. I don't think they are. So you guys only heard that. You didn't see the guy. I'm sorry. My apologies. We're not going to replay him because they heard him, but we'll. I will all seeking new ways to tackle the challenges before us from COVID to conflict, to inflation, to climate change. Inclusive finance offers new opportunities to build resilience, weather shocks and invest in a more prosperous future. Over the last decade, a quarter of the world's elderly population has gained access to financial services. Today, 76% of adults globally are now financially included. In my work as a UN Secretary General Special Advocate, I have seen the remarkable difference that inclusive digital infrastructure in concert with digital financial services make for people and small businesses. From Jakarta to East Africa, Millions of small merchants are now paid and making payments with their own phones, 
transforming their ability to invest. During the COVID pandemic, governments from Brazil to Togo sent emergency digital payments directly to vulnerable households at unprecedented speed. But we should move beyond payments. A broad range of financial services, such as savings, insurance, and credit, are needed for individuals, households, and SMEs to fully benefit from the digital economy. We also need continued commitment to put in place a digital financial infrastructure that is inclusive, safe, and equitable. Greater connectivity and digital IDs allow access to financial services for millions previously left behind. Fair competition and interoperable payment systems. Okay, you can stop or you get there. Digital IDs. Now, I let me know in the chat if you guys didn't get a chance to see the video with the actual death pods, because I want to make sure that you actually saw those, at least so you can see a picture of them. Because um, I'm sorry that we weren't screen sharing there for a good portion of that. But again, back to the, the, the social credit system, the digital, the cashless society, it's, uh, you don't get the one without the other. You guys, you guys understand that, right? You don't get to switch over to a, a Bitcoin type currency without having the digital, um, identity, right? And for people saying, well, but you can't touch these digital currencies. They're outside of the this, that, or the other, but you need your cell phone to make the transaction, right? You need your, your laptop or your computer. And I, every movie that I watch, they always tell you, don't bring your smartphone. Why? Because it's very clear that they can get in and hack and access your, your smartphone. So don't tell me that when you use these digital currencies that you're outside of the system because you're all you are is just straight up in the system. And it leads to the digital identity and the social credit score. That's yeah. what it does. Yeah. Well, we'll every week we'll kind of hammer in more on the digital currency, which is totally different than, you know, buying and selling like through PayPal or anything like that. Um, but I want to go to two main stories here at the end of our show. Um, number one, uh, going back to Zelensky and starting World War Three uh, with this uh, graphic. Okay. Zelensky said, and he's still saying that Russia fired missiles into Poland when I knew in my gut that it was the Ukraine because I just knew, right? And so here is a picture for our podcasters. And you've got Ukraine in the middle, Russia to the right, Poland to the left. Ukraine, quote unquote, accidentally fired a missile that way to the left, which is Poland, instead of the other way to the right, which is Russia. All right. And almost took us straight into World War Three. And soon after, um, Zelensky's advisor, uh, Polig, uh said NATO needs to bomb Russia right now or we're going to shoot even more missiles into Poland. It says only Russia is responsible for the war in Ukraine and massive missile strikes. Only Russia is behind the rapidly growing risk of the border countries. No need to look for excuses and postpone key decisions. Time for Europe to close the sky over Ukraine. Okay, they want a no-fly zone over Ukraine, which means we're going to go to war. You can just see this video here. It's it's pretend to me. Today, the enemy has a massive rocket attack. I'm not going to play all of it. You're just going to play. It. You can pause. There's no subtitles. No. I know, just, I wanted you to see him. Okay, pause. Zelensky, terror is not limited to our national borders. Russian missiles hit Poland, NATO territory. This is a Russian missile attack on collective society, a very security. significant security, a very significant uh, escalation. We must ask, act. So he wanted uh, World War III. Uh, and then I have 
next to that a video by a Polish man who sent a very strong message to Zelensky, and you can read his um, his subtitles here. It's all Zelensky. Let me just, I'll just turn him down here as low as we can get him. And what now, Zelensky? Don't read it. It's probably a bad word. You blank whatever. Your provocation hasn't worked out, has it? Strong language. You've been saying it's just a matter of time. And hey, presto, it happened, just as we've been saying. The Russians, right, are bombing Poland. You blankety blank. You're provoking. See, you're provoking to pull the Poles into war. And what came out of it? It came out that it's you who's provoking, that it's your missiles that killed two Poles, didn't it? The media is talking about missiles made in Russia, and maybe they should be saying missiles fired by Ukraine. You son of a... You... It, it was you who murdered the two Poles. It's also symbolic. This is symbolic. The first attack on Poland was by the Ukrainians, not Russians. See you, bye. You know, again, this is that's a really bold video for this Polish man to make because the Poles hate Russians. Russians. With a, with a, with a purple passion. Absolutely. They can't. Okay. Uh, Russia. They got uh, bad blood in history with Russians. Not, not that long ago. So after World War II, when Russia def helped defeat the Nazis, they decided to go all the way into Poland and they took over Poland uh, for several decades, and they have a right to have a purple passion hatred yeah. against Russians. So, uh, if you go to the next uh, last meme, I just I thought this was funny. Um, I I I see it differently. Um, I don't know. Oh, is it not up? Okay, I'll just read it. Um, Zelensky. Somebody says nine months ago, I was expecting Zelensky to be dead any minute. He's now on his third British Prime Minister, which I do find. Um, for the state of Britain to be telling the rest of the world what to do and how to keep everything calm and in order, you've literally had three prime ministers in a year. No one is listening to your government, UK. We're not listening to you. you three prime ministers in one year. Uh, the U.S. has told Zelensky to tread carefully after uh, the missile hit Poland. Uh, Ukrainian uh, President Zelensky's reaction to the missile that hit Poland and killed two people led Biden to say, uh, tread carefully. Um, that's an understatement hitting NATO territory with missiles. This is a Russian missile attack on collective security, blah, blah, blah. That's what he said. Uh, but actually it was the Ukraine and, uh, really this is, uh, thank God. I mean, it, it, it actually had some conservative people, uh, you know, oh my gosh, now we really have to go after Russia. People who have been anti-war, um, Again, this is why you don't believe what everything that you hear right away. Right. This knee-jerk reaction is, it's too much. All right. Speaking of hatred of Russians, though, this is kind of, this is an interesting uh, clip here out of Germany, German TV. Uh, I want you to read this. This is total, total racism out of Germany here. We should not forget, even if Russians look European, they are not European in a cultural sense. They think differently about violence or death. There you go. That's what yeah. she said. They think differently about violence or death. Yeah. So there's some uh, xenophobia if I ever saw it. All right. Let's go to Brazil. Let's hit it. This is incredible. While the U.S. is watching its elections, Brazil is in a revolution protesting a stolen election. About three million people took the streets this week. They are constantly on the streets protesting. Uh, the military is now kind of involved. You need me to help you I'm find the video? I will find it. I am okay. finding it right now. Um, so this is a revolution uh, in Brazil Here right now. 
someone was saying numbers. that these were um old videos they are not this is how do you get that many people together in one yeah. place like that's what i want to know just right mm -hmm. off the bat answer me this question yeah. it's a sea of people hey, it looks hey, like hey. It, stop Shh. you're okay man you're having a good time it literally looks like grass or shrubbery yeah from this drone footage i mean this mm -hmm. is how do they get that packed in yeah do you have a leash down here? I do not, but I don't think it's a, it, it's a, I don't think it's a potty issue. It's a, I'm bored issue. And so I can answer the I'm bored issue if you would like me to. I'll just take them through some videos. Okay. See if it can calm them down a little bit. We just, uh, some dogs are good and some dogs are not good during the show. Um, but I, I want to bring up, are we still screen sharing? I don't know. Tommy, you got this. Okay. I think we are. Let's see. Are we still screen sharing, y'all? I think we are. Okay. Do, do, do. Am I in charge? I'm not good in charge. Where am I? Okay. All right. Here's a, here is a drone video of the protests uh, the happening in Brazil. Look at those numbers of people. They know that their election was stolen. Okay. So these are people who are saying that the election was was taken fraudulently. All right, Brazilian Spring, hundreds of truck drivers stopped in protest against the lack of transparency in the electoral process. Protests do work. They are getting attention. I want to bring up, this is a good account um, on Twitter, Radio Geno Genova. Um, let me see if there was a couple more. Here's another one out of Brazil. Brazil was stolen. Wow. They all printed out. That's not a regular printer. Brazil was stolen. And they're playing tabs. Oh my gosh. Look at them all. This is huge. This is a this is a world news story. Did I play this one yet? Look at them. Look at them. So I do know that Bolsonaro is not backing down. He has contested the election. All right. So those are some of the older ones. I think this one was, there's some newer ones. All right. And so I want to go to, I'm going to give you, there's a wonderful reporter out of Brazil. His name is Matthew Tiermond. 
And I want to kind of go over some things that he's been saying. Um, we won't. Um, somebody he retweeted somebody says Matthew. Uh, we will not give this is from eight hours ago. I know some of those were older flips. We won't give up. In opposite, we are uh, 22 days in front of army bases in all the country. Although army generals told us to stay in front of federal senate, at the same time they said that they will protect us. We are feeling that the temperature is increasing. Um. Thanks for keeping us updated on the situation in Brazil. We are fighting for freedom. Let's see here. Um, I just want to give any more updates that I have because some of it is in Spanish. I do know that they are... I had the tweet up. Sorry, guys. Here's one. Let's get this one. Why are Brazilian people protesting? Here we go. Dogs are coming back. Michelle's coming back. Here we go. Do Nope, nope. This is why you guys love Michelle more than me. Just kidding. Why are the Brazilian people protesting? Many are wondering, all over the world, why the Brazilian people are on the street protesting. In the recent past, we had an ex-president who was arrested, and among other crimes, the biggest of them was discovered, even worse than the Petrobras robbery, this crime became known as Mensalau scheme. In this crime committed against democracy, laws were no longer voted on by representatives of the Brazilian people, what happened was a gigantic scheme to buy votes from parliamentarians, where all laws were no longer democratically voted on, to be simply bought. Yes, this former president raped democracy in Brazil. Studies have pointed out that with the money stolen by the party, during the mandates, of this ex-president or ex-convict, as you prefer to call him, they could finance elections in an abusive way until 2038. Here in Brazil we have laws that prevent a criminal from even running in an election, and this law is called the Clean Record Law. This former president, an ex-convict, could not even be a candidate for anything in Brazilian territory, however, an apparent corruption scheme was formed in the Superior Court of Brazil, which, in an absurd and inexplicable way, transformed the convict in all instances into an innocent, even with his accomplices having even returned part of the stolen money to the public coffers, all this about the perplexed gaze of jurists and the Brazilian population, which can only, as always, demonstrate peacefully against this absurdity. In short, the Brazilian people do not accept having as president a convicted criminal, who was exonerated in an absurd and unconstitutional way. Wow. Okay, so then you, you what you're hearing there is Lula himself actually Why are the Brazilian people um, protesting? Is not, he's a convicted criminal and should not even be allowed to run for office. Wow. It's all corrupt. All right, and play uh, a couple more here. Here we've got... Um, <laughs> Matthew Tierman here. This out of control court. You know, it, it, you could, 
almost interchange the United States and just switch out Brazil and thinking about the 2020 election, right? It, it's kind of surreal. And what was also amazing to me is that I, I was trying to keep up with it, you know, while we were still so deep in covering the midterms and we still are. But American outlets reported as, as if the military just didn't find any fraud, that they said there was no fraud, this is a legit election, when what they actually said and what they had access to was completely different. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's funny how, you know, the, the media covered it when Joe Biden gave a comment right after the, the election tabulation and all of its uh, uh, non-confidence uh, or confidence lacking from the people. And he said, congrats to Brazil for fair and free and credible elections. How could you possibly know that moments after you have a tabulation? Uh, so it's, you know, me thinks the lady doth protest too much. It's very, very, uh, it smells fishy on every level. It feels like the fix is in with the global media. They're not even reporting millions of people. This is the largest street manifestations I think that I could report on that I've ever seen historically since the fall of communism, since the 80s in, in Europe in the late 80s and early 90s. There's never been manifestations anywhere in the world of this scale. We're talking not millions, but we're approaching now eight figures, tens of millions across a country of 200 and 10, 220 million people. So it's really massive. And it's not only in Brazil. You had the eight Supreme Court justices who were appointed by Lula himself, who let him out of prison and annulled his conviction. He's convicted three times in three separate courts, and they annulled it. And they to get him on the electoral battlefield so they can put this fix in. And they went to New York to speak about how they saved democracy with, get this, the incoming Lula cabinet ministers. And this was scheduled months ago at the Harvard Club on West 44th Street in Manhattan. So to get the space, they had to reserve it months ago, a forum about Brazilian democracy. Wow. There's more. You can watch him on um, Emerald Robinson. Uh, here's a quote from, um, let's see, General Hamilton Maruro in Brazil. Did you tweet that out? What? That. So I can pull it up or no? Um, it's in Matthew's um, timeline. If you click on um, right there. Matthew Tierman. Yeah. he's. You can scroll down. Uh, we live in uh, Brazil, unfortunately, where a violation of the federal pact perpetuated by the highest powers of the judiciary, unconstitutional and illegitimate actions are adopted in a monocratic manner, attacking the federal public's autonomy. Um, and then he says, so the also, is, as you're scrolling through that, I've got up a video that played just, that. Oh, you did. Yeah. OK, I was gone. For in that. this direction, they wrongly confuse orders directly towards actions of the local police and local traffic enforcement violating the federal pact which is a situation that materializes a state of excess, fruit of expulation uh, uh, of democratic state. Um, that's, a, that's a mouthful. And see if I can... I can't um, find it. It's okay. Oh, you left his Twitter. No, I was on there. Brazilian military agents and federal police have informed the population that their current protests are legal. As long as order is maintained, it's their right to remain in front of the army headquarters for however long they consider necessary. Today in Brazil, unfortunately, there is a violation of the Federative Pact perpetrated by the highest instance of the judiciary. Unconstitutional and illegitimate actions are adopted in a monocratic way, attacking federative autonomy. In this sense, they mistakenly confuse orders directed at the actions of the federal police and the State Department of Traffic, 
violating the Federative Pact, a situation that materializes a state of exception in force, the result of the extrapolation of the rule of law. That's an armed forces commander. And he's saying, um, in front of the 10th military region, I have worked together with the governor, with the city hall, and the secretariats, and the public security agencies uh, for these people to be protected. For orderly and peaceful protest, it is just. It doesn't matter what they ask, it is fair. And, and I have the responsibility as a commander to work so that whoever goes in front of the military region is protected. Even if there are orders from other opposing powers. Evil will be overcome with good, evil is not overcome with evil. So Matthew Tierman begins to see this as in um, kind of an overtaking of, um, oh, wait, this is, here, you want to see this one. This one is kind of helps us understand where we're at right now. Let me just, I just now tweeted out, go back. Um, the Brazilian courts are blocking access to audit the machine. It tr They triggered article, article 142 of the Brazilian constitution that gives the military the right to adjudicate the uh, inter-separation of power disputes and oversee any electoral improper... Uh, so the military is now going to be able to oversee any fraud in the election. Wow. Social media, martial law is coming. The audit was released. And what did the audit say? Probable fraud, but the Supreme, the Supreme Court's electoral court, the Superior Court, blocked us out from looking at all the machines, blocked us out from analyzing the tabulations. So everything is pointing to Article 142 of the Brazilian Constitution that gives the military the right to adjudicate intra-separation of power disputes and to oversee any improprieties and allegations of electoral impropriety and fraud. So it is heating up Ende Moraes, imprisoning more journalists sanctioning more congressmen now he's uh, he's fining truckers and the companies and the businesses they're even talking about separating the children from protesters they're going way too far as communists always do and the brazilian people are tough they are not going to roll over and take it they're going to be on the streets for however long it takes and we're not talking a few thousand occupy wall street types you know who are going to stay there rain, rain and shine in small number no we're talking tens of millions across the entire divide left right center moderate the small cadre of communists that stole this, they are in for a rude awakening. I am looking forward to when the military declares martial law and arrests these people because they belong in jail. They've tried to co-opt one of the largest democracies in the world. They've broken down the constitutional Republican uh, borders uh, and, and safeguards within the Constitution society, and the people are not taking it. So it's going to get really interesting in the next uh, few weeks before they're supposed to certify it for Lula. Wow. All right. So Brazilians, keep hanging in there. Keep protesting. Your voices are going to be heard. Uh, we're going to keep. Uh, we're going to kind of keep on it and praying for you that you're able to uncover the fraud, uh, because the guy shouldn't even have been allowed to run in the beginning. He's a convicted criminal. Uh, the judiciary is like our DOJ, and they're silencing reporters. They're jailing reporters. Um, and what you saw there was the mil was whatever military commander saying, I'm going to let these people protest. I'm not going to listen to your orders that say separate them and don't let them protest. So uh, thank God for what's going on in Brazil. And, uh, you know, um, there are still some anti-regime protests in Iran. Um, Nigel, now uh, here is Brig breaking news. Michelle came to me. Why didn't you tell me right away? 
Well, I said because he hasn't tweeted anything out. I don't think he will tweet anything out. But Donald Trump is now on Twitter. And so in the, in, in the uh, spirit of world news, Nigel Farage retweeted this. And so we, we will play this. Okay, folks, the results are in. Pause, Put the man back on. There was a uh, poll yesterday. Yeah. Should you reinstate Trump or not on Twitter? Thank you, Elon. Very cool. Tell everybody I'm back in the game. Right now, a historic moment of Donald Trump wins an astounding upset victory. It just is so funny. It's so ridiculous the way they act like nincompoops and ninnies. Um, the the fake news from the from the left wing is just off the charts. They're the true fake news. That's why we have what we have on all those other social media platforms because we you know that when you come here, you're going to get the truth. There's not one thing that we played or shared today that wasn't the God's honest truth the way the way the world sits right now. Yeah. Okay. We don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't steal. We bring facts, whether they're positive or whether they're negative. Okay. We don't try to spin things. We do try to spin things into a positive angle. We do because we don't want to die in depression. Right. Uh, but we don't uh, falsely accuse people of things. We don't create Russia hoaxes, that kind of stuff. Uh, this is the end of our show. But I thought I would leave you with a funny comedy sketch that I do believe is kind of world news on how IKEA came to be, the oh. Swedish company IKEA. Okay, this should be fun. I think I saw that up there. I was like, what is that? All right, is this it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I watched this. This is actually really good. You watched it already? I've seen it, yeah. All right, guys, we need some ideas. We got crushed last quarter. We have to change something. How about a focus group? We Not now, Todd. We need real ideas. We're spending this much money. What if we start spending this much money? What if we spend less money and only one line through? You cut out a whole line. Manufacturing line. That's brilliant. No manufacturing. No manufacturing. We won't make any of the furniture. We'll let them make the furniture. Yes. Wait, hold on. No, no, because we have to give them tools. One tool. But we make it cheaper. An Allen wrench. One Allen wrench puts together all the furniture. People will hate it, but we love it. And because they're going to assemble it, we can pack it smaller. Little boxes, big warehouse. All you need. Mm. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Oh, wait. But when they show up to the warehouse, they won't know which box to get. Showroom. Yes, the whole place is just a showroom. At my last job, we would just... Shut up, Todd. Todd, please. We have a start and we have a finish. So they go through and if they want to buy curtains, they first have to pass through... The kitchen. The kitchen. But before the kitchen, the bedroom. The bedroom. And before the bedroom... The throw pillows. The throw pillows. Yes. Yes. Ah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ah. Okay. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Women are going to love this because what do women like to do? Shop. Correct. That seems a little sexist. Shut, Shut up, Todd. Todd. How do we get the men in the store? Let me paint it. Got it. Two words. Meat. Balls. Meat balls. Write it down. Meat. 
Meatballs. Todd, write this down. Meatballs. Meatballs. Yes, yes, meatballs. So while the men are annoyed that their wives are over here spending money, they're in our cafeteria doing what? Spending money. Mm. Okay, we can't just be meatballs though. All right, what else can we have? We can hire that marketing team. Todd, please. please. Hold on, let me let me call my three-year-old okay. and see what he thinks. Hey, buddy, what are your hey, favorite buddy. foods? Salmon rolls. Hot dogs, pizza. What's that? Soft serve ice cream. What, what did Grandma say? Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. That's, That's it. it. That's all Boom. we need. What about French fries? No one likes French fries, Todd. Todd, this isn't McDonald's. No one's gonna think this is a real thing. It's too new. It's too different. What if we just say it's Swedish? That's perfect. No one knows anything about Sweden. I know. Like, it's... where even is it? All we need now is a name. I just need a name. You know, we could, Todd, I don't know what you're gonna say, but I don't want you to say anything, okay? The grown-ups are doing good work over here. I need you to not say anything. Okay. What did you say? What'd you say? Say it again, Todd. Say it again. Hey. Ikea! Todd, excellent work. Hey, martinis on me. Let's go to Chili's. I think we'll make happy hour. Yeah, that's really good. If anybody's never been, to, if you've never been to an IKEA, then that's not going to make a lot of sense to you. But um, everybody should have been to an IKEA. Everyone, do they have them in the UK though? Like, do they have them in other places they around the IKEA's world? Everywhere. Do they really? Yeah. You okay. know what I don't like about IKEA? I like the idea of IKEA. I don't care for the stuff. Like, it's a modern design, and I like antiques. So it doesn't really work well for us. Although our entire bathroom upstairs is like an but IKEA But at least bathroom. you can fit a couch in your car. You can fit a couch in your car. You can yeah. take home a couch today. I'm not saying that we don't own anything from Ikea. We they, got a they just red don't, chair, it, one of those rocky but chairs. But where is stools. it now? It's in the basement. Yeah, because it got, it gets worn, it's get worn pretty, and it kind of loses its, Yeah. but it's really comfortable when you first get it. It is. Okay. I just don't like the design. Ikea? Ikea. All right, so here's the deal. Instead so of Ikea. Our world news show. Where are you show, going to get your Christmas presents? Well, okay. I was going to tell them to tune in for our Thanksgiving special tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have historians Leo and Nancy Martin on and a lot of our speakers that went with us to Plymouth. The Covenant speakers, so that's going to be fun tomorrow night. Tune in, resistancechicks.com on Rumble. This will be streamed on Facebook as well, so that's our Thanksgiving special for you guys because Thanksgiving is coming up this Thursday. I want to hear from you guys where you're going to be, what you're going to do. This is our last kind of big show before Thanksgiving. We won't be, we'll, we'll have Dr. Eric Naputi on with us Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But as far as getting together, talking about Thanksgiving and your turkey, turkey, gobble, gobble, and what you're going to eat, um, this will be, this will be it. So, uh, Britt Baza says, Michelle, we have Ikea in the UK. We've had it for years. In the UK, it's called Ukea. It can't be really. Ukea. That's not real. That, that can't be it. That cannot be the real name. Okay, but seriously. Um, mypillow.com forward slash RC. If you have ever wanted to get anything from MyPillow and you haven't done it, and maybe you have, but the Black Friday sale is going on right now. So all the stuff that you see right here, um, I don't know that they're going to have anything like legitimately on Black Friday. I can't say one way or the other. But what I was most excited about, and I want to see if it's here because it was in the email, is that the, the, the hats that Leah and I love to wear 
are 50% off. So you'll have to go to, I think the clothing for that. Let's see. Bop, 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 bop. Where I'm missing it. Leah, help me out here. Look what? over here. Where am I going to find the, 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 um, the clothing? Where's all the clothing? Did you scroll down? No, I want to find it from up here at the top. It says clothing. Oh, how was I missing that? Okay, so go to um, women's, I you guess. the hats, right? Oh, the hats. All right. Why are they not 50% off right now? Are you, but you're not at hash, you're not, you're not at I RC. did go to, I did go to RC. That's where I started. Oh, well, put it in. You have to put in RC. That's, see, you have to confirm Hang once on. you're there. Now try it and see if it's there though. I don't know. No. Ah. I got a special email. Okay. So maybe maybe it's the Black Friday sale. Maybe what it was is it's not it doesn't go into effect until Black Friday. Well, let's read the email. Let's make sure it's we telling people so they can wait. Okay. Leah's gonna deal. pull it up because it is a good sale. So you bucks, might want right? to wait until later this week. My pillow Black Friday special. Yes. When does it start? Okay. Super sale. Giza elegance. My pillows. I'm gonna guess that this is going to be on Black Friday. So wait. Wait to make your purchases until Black Friday and go to mypillow.com forward slash RC. Unless it's a special deal for their people and not applying to us, which I would find really disappointing. <sighs> yeah. And sad because I want our people to be able to get it. So I might have to send an email. Yeah, this one I'm is gonna have early to send Black an Friday email. sale and that's 25 bucks here. All right. I'm going to have to send an email to them and see if we can't get it to apply to you guys in our account. Um, but I do want to encourage you guys for this Christmas, go on Friday after Thanksgiving and see what kind of sales they have on my pillow. Well, definitely I, check the Black Friday, Black Friday check back because you're going to get the mattress topper for 140. Um, I'm going to guess that the three inch mattress. they yeah. are specifically sending out an email for the early Black Friday. Mm -hmm. And then this all will apply to everybody else on Black Friday. Yeah, I will get an, I will get an email awesome. for that. I will find out. I'm going to find out. So hold on. Pet blanket. I don't normally tell you guys to hold on on your purchase. Hey, hey, no fighting. Hold on your purchases. Wait. Tune back in Monday and Tuesday night. I'm gonna, hopefully I will have an answer for you guys by... Um, Tuesday night, because I want you guys to get the Black Friday deal, and I want you to be able to use our promo code. Yeah, to get those it. Giza Elegance my pillows are the most expensive ones. They're normally seventy bucks. They're they're twenty five bucks. Yeah, you're definitely gonna want that. Um, but the other thing that I can encourage you to do for your Christmas shopping is go to the mystore.com mm -hmm. and use our promo code. I know the mm -hmm. coffee is on sale, and they have a whole host of other Patriot things yeah. that are not just my pillow. Right. Let's say you've already bought all the sheets and all the slippers and all the right. things that you can buy for everybody. They're ex they've expanded and they are mm -hmm. continuing to expand. So go to mystore.com. Use RC as your promo code there. I see no reason why we all, and I'm talking to ourselves, cannot get most of our presents for people from Patriot. Like you should be able to get every present that you need to get for people from Patriot. Mm -hmm businesses. So yeah. I'm encouraging you to use my pillow or the Brighteon store or also, and I've mentioned this, I want to read a letter, but let me pull this up. Um, the organic body essentials, flawless face serum that I've been using twice a day has been amazing and it's worked phenomenally on my uh, crow's feet there on these spots that I have. I know I tell you guys this all the time. 
But Leah, was it in? Which letter was it in? This one? That one was a, this one was a good story. Which one? But where was the letter that said that they bought the... Um, Not that one. Wasn't this one? No. Hold that one. Do you want me to read it? Because I already read it once on the handwriting there. Um... Yeah, because we did get some belated birthday cards. Yeah. So I want to read them to you. So um, this one is from Colleen in Ohio. So Colleen sent a little birthday donation uh, for the laptop. Says, hello, dear Leah and Michelle and PG. My name is Colleen. Uh, I, too, live in Ohio. I wanna, I'm want. i not going to give where she lives. Um, she's from, on the PA line there. She's been following us on CloudHub and our website for approximately two years. That's a really big deal. So God bless you, Colleen. Um, I can't tell you enough how much I enjoy listening to your podcast, especially when you get into the word. It just makes me feel so connected to God. What a great feeling. Encloses a token of my appreciation for the work you do. I hope it will help you get the equipment you need to continue the great work that you do in love and prayers. Sincerely, Colleen. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Colleen. Your card was so cute. A little dog with the USA and old truck, sunflowers, and of course, 1776 there. So that was really, really fun um, to get. Um, all right. So this next one is from Sally and I think Dan there. Yes. Dan in Virginia. Michelle, I apologize for the late card. I hope you had an awesome birthday. I want to say thank you for sharing your faith and speaking God's word over this nation and fellow Christians. Also, Product reviews are great. I really appreciate those. I got the slippers, pillow, towels, and bed sheets, and they truly are wonderful products. I also purchased the Intense Therapeutic Gel for a recent shoulder injury from a cycling accident. I'm sorry. And it works. Thank you for that and all that you do. You are a blessing, Sally. 1 Corinthians 1.4, never stop thanking God for all the wonderful gifts he has given. Michelle, then your life's... Uh, Measure is clearly known. Oh, the front of the card. If life is measured by the way we live, the way we serve, the way we give. If life is measured by the words we say, the love expressed along the way. If life is measured by the smiles we share, the kindness, the way we care. Then your life's measure is clearly known for all, for these are all the things you've shown. Thank, thanking God for the blessing you are on your birthday. Happy birthday. May God bless you. Love, Dan and Sally. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for your donation, but thank you for backing us up and corroborating the fact that we're not lying when I tell you the intense therapeutic gel, especially combined with the um, Elite Elixir CBD tincture, is amazing. It has worked phenomenally on my hip. So again, if you want to and you can afford these products, they're a great deal. They're just they're just expensive for, for products. They're not more expensive than what you would pay on this anywhere else, hands down, bar none. Um, but if you can't afford it, I want you to go to organicbodyessentials.com, use promo code RC, look at the CBD products that they have, look at the intense therapeutic gel, which is an essential oils mixture, which is like a hot and cold uh, rub, which is phenomenal. The Elite Elixir, the face scrub. You said the other day with the, with the face scrub. You said the face scrub oh, combined with feel, the mask. When you get the mask on and you do the face scrub, it just feels Feels awesome. like your face is like a baby's butt yeah. after the fact. Yeah. So I want to encourage you guys. We should save this. So uh, we we were, uh, there's a really neat story. I won't have enough time to read this. Uh, somebody just kind of gives a good story about their life. And I want to share this. It was in a birthday card um, for Michelle. And um, we'll save that one for the next save one. save that, yeah. But 
regardless of whether you get your stuff from my pillow, Organic Body Essentials, Brideon Store, the Founder's Bible, whatever, just be very, um, what is the word that I want? Intentional. Where you're buying your stuff for the holiday season and make sure that when possible, you're supporting Patriot businesses because we are entering to entering into a parallel economy and it's mm. going to be more important now than ever mm-hmm. for you guys, for all of us to be supporting each other. So, um, all right, you guys, I don't know if I've got any comments that I need to read, but I'm so glad that you're here. Please, please, please join us for our Thanksgiving special tomorrow night at seven. And then with Dr. Eric Naputi live, this episode that we do with Eric Naputi is going to be off the chain. Um, he's got a lot going on right now. And Scott Kesterson tells us that Eric is just in it to win it right now. So I'm very excited. 7.30 p.m. on Tuesday, 7 p.m. tomorrow night, Thanksgiving special. From our family to your family, happy Thanksgiving around the world. Now is a time for us to be more thankful than ever for what God is doing. Leah, do you have any last minute thoughts to add? Um, no, join us tomorrow. I know a lot of you have, uh, we've brought a lot of new viewers and, uh, thanks to a video that was actually able to get out to the, through the ether. Praise the um, Lord. So I'm glad Jesus. that you're here. Some of you are like, where's the spiritual stuff? And it's so funny because our news people, uh, some of them left because we got too spiritual and now the spiritual people and, and the power of God people are like, why are you doing the news? Because what we do on, on our Friday shows and on our Sunday shows is we bring you the headline news from a conservative, uh, populist kind of. Uh, that's a new term, uh, perspective. I don't know what, if you guys have a better term for us, just let me know. Um, humanity. Uh, and because you got Russell Brand over here, he's not a conservative or populist, you know. Um, or a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and so we have a, we're, we're trying to make the, the tent broad. Uh, yeah. And then we narrow it down because the answers to fixing it are with Christianity are in the power of God, but it's great that all these people are seeing the problems. Yeah. And so when at first you have to be awakened to seeing the problems and then you can begin to apply the solution. So please uh, stick back, uh, stick with us. Uh, the videos that we do towards the week are, are normally, so when we get ready for our shows on Friday and Sunday, we're doing news. Okay. That's where our, we're laser in focus. And often uh, God will give us a word. Sometimes we'll sing a song on Sunday. We haven't done that in a while. We'll bring some praise and worship. But during the week when we're just talking and we're in the presence of God, we're getting legit words that are from God that are downloading into us based on these other issues that are happening yeah. so that we can begin to apply the word of God and make real change. So 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 tune in and check out our Rumble. Check out our Facebook. Check out our BitChute. And uh, our website, resistancechicks.com. Well, There's I say so much there. constantly go to resistancechicks.com, but I'm talking about finding us on the social media because a lot of times yeah. it's hard to go to a specific website. Yeah. Okay, our website's fantastic, all right? It's but amazing. if you're going, it, but you, here's the thing. I know that I find things by scrolling through my feed on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I still I still have one. Uh, I know I find things by scrolling through the Getter feed. Uh, and so these are places where I want you guys to go and follow us. Follow us on Getter. Follow us on True Social. Follow us on Frank Social. Are you tweeting um, stuff out on your new Twitter? Your old new Twitter? I, I tweet out news, but not like spiritual stuff on Twitter, which is just Leah Svensson. L-E-A-H-S-V-E-N-S-S-O-N. And you can go and follow me there. Jack All says the you need more there. Irish news for your accent there. Yes, we do. We need more Irish I, news. We do. I wish there were. It's a small little country. It's a small little Ireland. It is. <laughs> okay. Here's the deal, guys. Wherever your favorite platform Gab. is, 
we are there and follow us and find us. I love Frank social. Find us there. Uh, we don't always put everything up on frankspeech.com. It's hard to upload videos, but I would say about 70% of our videos get uploaded there. But the best place where all of our videos get uploaded is Rumble. Mm -hmm. So that's the primary video source to find us because not every video is going to go on Facebook, mm -hmm. but every video will go on Rumble. Mm -hmm. So guys, we got a comment. Um, after our show on Friday. And they were like, where's the fire? Where's the fire? Where's the fire? Just because you don't come at it with like a rah, 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 a moment where everybody feels it and it's super hardcore hitting and it hits it out of the park or whatever. When you play a baseball game, the home runs are awesome, but the game isn't won by the home runs. The game is run by the RBIs and by just bunting, getting on base, running the bags, that's what Leah and I do consistently. And then we throw in the, the home run hits every once in a while. Ask the Lord. If you want more home run hits, ask the Lord to give them. But I think that it, it, it has to be peppered with a consistency, right? And not win, trying to win a game based on home runs because we are winning this game. And I want you guys to be highly, highly, highly encouraged that God is in control of this whole thing. So remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, we love you. God loves you. God bless. We want to hear from you. If you send us your letters, we will read them on air unless otherwise noted. We have a PO Box 107, Milford, Ohio, 45150. Look in the description of every video that we do. A lot of the resources that you need to get in touch with us, to follow us are there. And if you prefer to just listen, that's okay. We are on a multitude of podcasts. The main one is Podbean. You can follow us there. You can download the app and just listen at any speed. If you think you can listen to us fast forwarded uh, on, on two time, good luck with that. Okay. I think that's it. What videos did we do this week? We did. Uh, Scott's hasn't been uploaded yet. Scott Kesterson. We were on his show. We did two. Did we do Monday and Tuesday? We did uh, Alice. Sharam Hadian. Yeah. That was just this week? Yeah. So go just go and look at all the recent videos that we so did this we week. So we did um, our Women in Ministry with Tom and Alice, and we talked about not submitting to men and yeah. men not submitting to men. And then uh, speaking about not submitting to men, we did a, an excellent video with an ex-former Muslim, a former Muslim who's now a pastor. And That's we talked about Iran. Yeah. And, and it was just a really great interview. We've had a really, we have had consistently great weeks. Speaking of which, we got to go. Because in one half hour, if you want to watch that interview with Sharam Hadian, a good portion of it will be on the Bridie on TV. TV. Brighteon.tv, live programming. Every Sunday we put up a video. Most of the time, recently we've been covering Christian nationalism and the history of all of that. But this is this week we're, we're doing um, that interview with Sharam Hadian. So in one half hour at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, go to brighteon.tv and tune in. We will see you guys tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We love you. God loves you. God bless. It's cold, all alone, no place for